Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, America's second favorite podcast, where we bring the dark to light, where history never dies, and of course, where listener discretion is always advised. Get the kids out of the room. Okay. We love to make fun of and joke about creepy and unsolved mysteries of the world, all while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yes, we are a comedy podcast, and things can get a little bit dark from time to time, so if you're not into that, listen, no hard feelings. We get it. It's all good. Just give it a shot. I think you have to. You always got to try it once. You got to try some, You got to try everything once. Yep. Well, almost everything. There's a few things I can think of I, I just would never want to try. Like butt stuff? Well, like suicide, because you can only do it once. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying. Just hit the good old reset button. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, that's just, anyway. <laughs> anyway, give, like us, give us a shot. You may love us. And then again, you may not, because you may not be as cool as you think you are. Anyway, I am Damn. your host, <laughs> the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And of course, with me is my co-host, the one and only, Logan. Yay. Hello. How are you? Oh, I am. Yeah? I am. You are. Oh, I cannot wait for the holidays to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I want to get back to normality. Yeah. I want to get back to just everything because I get it, everyone. I understand the whole philosophy mm-hmm. and the ideology behind the holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, to give and not receive and to help those less fortunate than you. Yeah. And, Things like that. Of course. However, we live in 2022 when it's all about commercialism and parties and... Yay, capitalism. Anyway. That was a really good sound. <laughs> Hold on. Bah humbug. There it is. Perfect. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, so whatever. Anyway, our Patreon bonus for this week is actually... I don't even know if I want to say what it is, but it's pretty cool. I, f- I heard about something from a historical figure who was a very, very prominent historical figure. And I'll put it this way, he was assassinated. Oh. But I heard, (laughs) I found something about him that I had no freaking idea about. I'll just say it, I'll put it this way. He, everyone believes he wears a big tall hat. Is this Abe Lincoln? Did you say, hey, Blinken? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) No, man, I said Abe Lincoln. Yes, it's actually about Abraham Lincoln, and it's pretty awesome. So Ooh. if you're not a uh, Patreon uh, member, uh, one of our first-class passengers, get on over to patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train podcast because it's uh, it's pretty amazing, and I can't wait to go through it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So cool. So cool. <laughs> so anyway, listen, we're going to save the rest of the business stuff until the end. So let's just jump right in, right? Or dive in shall we oh boy it's gonna be one of those episodes yeah it is (laughs) so let's turn down the lights adjust uh seats grab a drink which we do have yes a nice tall glass of cough syrup (laughs) it's not that bad once you get into it no it really isn't like after the first sip it's pretty good yeah it's it's just it tastes like an old-fashioned uh emphasis on the old yes yeah we're gonna call it saint Elmo's fire yeah yeah well it's it's fire (laughs) fire fire Anyway, let's uh, let's uh, get uh, what, are we, what are we doing today? Let, let's get submersible. Let's get Titanic. Oh, that works too. Yeah. All right, but first is a toast <laughs> to all you beautiful motherfuckers. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Before we jump in, 
I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Designated Quizzers, the podcast. Oh, yeah. They uh, had us on there, uh, and uh, I'm not sure when that's going to drop. They said in January sometime, yeah, maybe? Like the second week of January. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And they pinned us up against uh, the Happy, Happy, Hour. Happy Hour podcast. And guess who won? <laughs> of course. We always come out on top. Yeah. Hey, Tabitha. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Anyway, it was a great time. And now I want to say thank you to them for having us out there once again. Because that was our second time uh, on their show. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It was fun. It was a blast. It was. It was cool. We had a... So glad we didn't have to drink that toilet water, though. Yeah. We, we had a, an issue um, because we were actually in an abandoned um, elementary school. Like the midnight train style should be. Right. And trying to get um, connection to do the damn thing. And <laughs> ended up having to do it on our phone. And we're standing on the hallway. And then all of a sudden you just hear this blink downstairs below us. So I go down and look. There's a guy down there. Not a yeah, big deal because yeah. there's plenty of people that go in and out of that place. It's actually a rehearsal spot, you know, for for, yeah. for bands. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, did I just leak a secret? <laughs> oh. uh, no, I didn't. Anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, then all of a sudden the light goes off and guy leaves. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there finishing up with, the you know, the, the designated quizzers over there. And all of a sudden I hear, Ba-dink! again. And I'm like, yep, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what that noise was. Yeah, that was a, sh- a Scooby and Shaggy moment right yeah. there. Oh, oh, Raggy. Oh, Raggy. Like Zoys. Their feet. I can't do the noise, but whatever. All right, so as most of us know, the RMS Titanic was a British passenger liner operated by the White Star Line. It sank in the North Atlantic Ocean on April 15th, 1912, after striking an iceberg, supposedly, during her maiden voyage from Southampton, England, to the beacon of freedom, New York City, right here in the U.S. And by the way, if you are new here, yes, we understand it, supposedly. It's an ongoing joke before you think that we're just stupid. (laughs) Just, Just making sure to clarify. Yes. Okay. Yes. Of the estimated 2,224 passengers and crew aboard, more than 1,500 people passed away, making it the deadliest sinking of a single ship up to that time. The most lethal is the Wilhelm Gustloff. Gustloff? I guess. Gustloff. Sounds right. Yeah. Where on January 30th of 1945, uh, 9,000 people roughly uh, actually perished aboard the uh, German ocean liner after it was torpedoed by a Soviet submarine and sank in the frigid waters of the Baltic Sea. Damn. Yeah, I remember looking into that a little bit more. It's the pretty, Germans. It's pretty crazy. They were thinking that they were like hauling munitions or something like that because there was a whole like embargo and all that stuff because obviously it was World War II at that time. Yeah. And they just saw them in instant fire. There was no like, hey, well, do you have anything on the board? It was a... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, As, see those guys? Just shoot them. <laughs> But, but why? I don't know. Just do it. Who knows who could be? It could be anyone. Because it would be Russian. So right. It would be very... Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. Yeah, the Germans <laughs> think, are the ones that got shot. I was thinking about... In, I, actually, that was a little foreshadowing there. Oh. It was an accidental foreshadowing. But Ooh. it is a foreshadowing. Yes, yes, it In is. other words, it'd be like, oh, no, I don't, don't do it. <laughs> Shut up, Yuri. <laughs> anyway. So the Titanic is still the most fatal peacetime sinking of a superliner or cruise ship. Crazy. So basically not in wartime. Right. Right. So RMS Titanic was the largest ship afloat when it entered service and the second of three Olympic-class ocean liners operated by the White Star Line. It was built by the Harland and Wolf Shipyard in Belfast, Ireland. Ireland. Oh. Look at us making a ship here. I didn't realize that it was built in Belfast. Oh, yeah. We built all kinds of things. We're usually drunk, so don't blame us for sinking. (laughs) 
kidding. Kidding. Please don't get mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a joke. Anyway, the ocean liner carried some of the wealthiest people in the world, as well as hundreds of immigrants from Great Britain, Ireland, Scandinavia, and elsewhere throughout Europe. Um, who, you know, they were looking for a new start and a new life in the United States and in Canada. Mm-hmm. As you know, Canada was letting people come in, too. They were like, yeah, come man. come on in, eh? Yeah, we've got plenty of maple syrup for everyone. It'll be great. <laughs> You're nailing these accents. I'm trying. I'm trying. I feel like I haven't been here forever. I know, right? <laughs> the first-class accommodation was designed to be the pinnacle of comfort and luxury with a gymnasium, swimming pool, libraries, high-class restaurants, and luxurious cabins. And keep that in mind, too, because... Some may say that maybe they put too much emphasis on the luxurious aspect of it and not in the safety aspect. Yeah, because of this incident that did happen, that's why there's... Incidents. Yes, incidences. That's why there's uh, so many safety regulations on cruise ships nowadays. Um, Yeah, but there's... We'll talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, again, they have all kinds of really cool things in here for the rich and powerful. Of course. Right? In addition, a high-powered radio telegraph transmitter was available for sending passenger marconograms and for the ship's operational use. Yeah. Hey, do you know what a marconogram is? Is that what they use to talk to, like, Batman? No. Yes. Yeah? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) The marconogram was named after uh, the inventor of it. Um, Oh, boy. Guglielmo... Or it could be Guglielmo. No, it's got to be Guglielmo, right? Yeah, yeah. I would think Giovanni so. Maria Marconi. I see. I was right. That's Batman. He's not my Batman, but it's the that's the mob boss for Batman. Bobbity boopy. I'm not the, the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Oh, Sorry, Italians. I apologize. Uh, this is the first Marquis of Marconi, an inventor and electrical engineer known for creating the practical radio wave based wireless telegraph system. So it's it was advanced for its time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he was eventually credited as the inventor of radio, and he shared the 1909 Nobel Prize in Physics with Carl Ferdinand Braun, quote, in recognition of their contributions to the develop, <laughs> wow, to the development of wireless telegraphy. Huh. Yes. Pretty cool. That is actually pretty, yeah. pretty sweet. I was going through it, and I was just like, oh. Pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool. By the way, I do want to do uh, an episode eventually. It's probably going to be a Patreon episode, but on the, the guy who actually created the Nobel Prize. Yes, his name was... Arthur Nobel, is that what it was? Something like that, yeah. It's probably like Bob Nobel. I don't, I don't remember his name. Yeah, but something like yeah. Anyway, it's, his story is crazy cool. Yes. Like crazy. Do you know what the, uh, the, the latest Nobel Prize, Peace Prize is going to? Who it's going to? Yeah. Well, not a who, but for what? No. Really? Yeah, I do not know. So, do you remember me telling you about the whole the 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 first chance that we or the first time that we got uh, fusion to actually push out energy instead of absorbing? Is, is that so for energy? the particle accelerator? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So they're finally they're giving out a Nobel Peace Prize for that. Well, that's awesome because we actually they were not we as in like I had anything to do with it, but they were able to you know finally get fusion to work right and actually output energy and so more this so is, this is the the hadron collider is that what the, is it uh, is that what we're talking about oh because the hadron collider it's actually it's crazy it, it, it's like in under the ground mm-hmm. in like two it connects like two different parts of the of the country so they build this tunnel underneath you know what the hadron collider is yeah. right yeah for it to actually like be able to uh, smash things it's got to be able to go fast enough to actually yeah, I don't smash think it's for it. the hadron collider because what oh. they did was they actually put a it's like a, a a bead of hydrogen in a small glass vial and then hit it with 180 different lasers all at the exact same time and within less than a second so basically that's i'm time, sorry 180 what lasers i'm sorry what lasers laser you mean they got freaking lasers 
I don't even know why. Just, every time I hear laser, I just think of him. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But they uh, they were able to um, basically hit this particle um, with all those lasers or whatever, and it was able to net output more energy than we put into it, than those lasers needed to be used. And that there's fusion. And that there is fusion, which and is there is the future. Which is what we're looking to do. We, we want to be able to sustain and create our own energy as opposed to consuming all the energy on the planet. So yes, yes, yes. anyway... Uh, no, that's great. And that's, I did not know that. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, yeah they're finally getting cool. a Nobel Prize for that. That's awesome. So Titanic had a slew of advanced features, uh, you know, safety features, like watertight compartments. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh-huh. Oh, really? And remotely activated watertight doors. Oh. Contributing to its reputation as un-freaking-sinkable. That's oh. right. But, of course, we all know how this story ends. <laughs> so, or do we? Or that's why we're here. Oh. That's right. Titanic was equipped with 16 lifeboat davits. The uh, That's the lowering mechanism that's capable of lowering uh, three lifeboats. So if you ever see them, they're, they're they kind of look like arms. They mm-hmm. go out like this, and they... Or like a little pulley system. Yeah. Y'all. And they... Like that. They do that? They go... Each time, yeah. Uh, for a total of 48 boats, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. However, <laughs> the ship only carried 20 lifeboats. And, of course, for most of you out there, you know this whole story. You've probably all seen Titanic. We're here to talk about the conspiracies, but I wanted to go over and kind of, like, just uh, reintroduce it to everybody so they knew. Because there is some stuff here that, honestly, that I, that I found that I didn't know. And yeah. I've been... Well, I've been around for a long time, so I know a lot about ti- you know the Titanic and whatnot. Have you? Yes, you've yes. been around for a long time. Yes, I actually was on the ship. <laughs> yes, I was. I was You're out a survivor? there. I what well, I was because what happened was as I, we were going, mm-hmm. and someone said iceberg. So I grabbed my glass and my scotch, and I just reached my hand out, and bloop, there it was. And so then I I was fine. I was pretty drunk from there on out. So I don't know what happened. I feel like this is a scary movie skit. (laughs) (laughs) But here I am. (laughs) I'm pickled and look as good as new. Anyway, sorry. I don't ever want to hear you say you're pickled. I am. I'm pickled from the inside out. That's tasty. Mm -hmm. So four of these boats were uh, collapsible, okay, and they proved very hard to launch while Titanic was sinking, Mm. okay? Uh, collapsible A is what they call these boats here. Uh, nearly, uh, it, it nearly swamped up. In other words, it like just bombarded itself with like water and stuff. Right. And was filled with a foot of water until rescue. So like as they're out there in these frigid, freezing waters, it's just filled with water. Right. You know what I mean? And collapsible B completely overturned while it was being launched. Ooh. So that's no bueno. He is no bueno. No. So altogether, the 20 lifeboats could only hold 1,178 people. Now, I'm not great at math, but that's not enough. No. About half the number of passengers on board and one-third of the number of passengers the ship could have carried a total capacity. Okay? At total capacity. Wow. Which was consistent with the maritime safety regulations of that period. As a result, when the ship sank, a lot of the lifeboats that were actually lowered were seriously only about half full. Seriously? Yeah. It's because people were in such a panic that no. they were... I mean, obviously... Yeah. Oh, my God. I have to ask. You've seen Titanic, right? No. You... F- what the... F- yes, you have. I know what the, the, the movie's about. Why would I want to watch the, a three-and-a-half-hour-long movie where they're trying to make you cry the whole time? I understand it's a sad situation, but I don't want to fucking watch a show that's going to make me sad. <laughs> it's actually a really good movie. <laughs> I mean, I've heard parts of it. There's a lot of it that's kind of bullshit and embellished or whatever, yeah. but it's, it's actually a good movie. Like the whole fucking... What, yeah. Leonardo the Car- the DiCaprio or whatever. There's no room on this We're fucking piece of wood. You the soundtrack is amazing. <laughs> Celine D's nuts. <laughs> I 
got it. Damn. Sorry. Anyway. I love Celine Dion. 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 So Titanic's maiden voyage was supposed to be the first of many transatlantic crossings between uh, Southampton and New York via Cherbourg and Queenstown heading west, right? Mm -hmm. They go to the west. They do. Then going back east, it was intended to uh, return through Plymouth and back to uh, over to England. Okay. Ah. So on, um, you can actually find the entire schedule of the voyages and stuff uh, up to December of 1912. Uh, online, so if you guys are interested in that, just get on there and Google it. Do you know supposedly that they're actually trying to rebuild the Titanic, calling it the Titanic 2? That sounds dumb. It does, but they're trying to literally replicate it in, in, in its entirety. Which, if you look at... Including this, the hole in the front. <laughs> before the crash. Jesus. <laughs> Supposed crash. Supposed by crash. And by the way, we are not in any way um, trying to make fun of or disparage any of the people that were lost in this. No. It is a huge tragedy. We're just trying to make, you know, it's, it's a very... It's a heavy topic, so we're just trying, yes. again, like we do, just bring some light to this, so yes. just so you guys know, like yes. we would never, ever, ever do that. Yes. But anyway, so they're but literally they're, trying they're, to do they're that? They're trying to rebuild it, and they were actually showing, like, side-by-side -side pictures of the Titanic compared to a normal cruise ship, and oh my gosh, does the Titanic look like a small little raft compared to a oh, cruise Oh, today's ship. cruise ships are crazy. I never realized that. I thought they were just a little bit bigger. It's like four times the size. We were down in Miami. Yeah. And we, of course, Miami is a big port. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Welcome to Miami. Whatever you say. Okay, Will Smith. All right. Dude, don't make me write the whole thing. I'll do it. Anyway, <laughs> so as soon as we got off the plane, we immediately turned that on, and we're just like, hey, yeah. going through Miami. So anyway, we were going, uh, I believe, to Little Havana, mm -hmm. and we went to this like little port place, and some of those cruise ships, dude, they're bigger than hotels. And I mean, like, literally bigger than, and probably three times the size. That's what I'm saying. They're gigantic. Like, it's like a legitimately a small city. And then people wonder, and by the way, this episode has got my anxiety up really high because of it, me yeah. and the water hole knee thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that large should mm -hmm. not be able to just float. I'm sorry. No? No. No? Nope. Oh. I'm not a physicist, though, so I don't know. I mean, technically, we're just floating on lava, so. But it's hardened lava. But it's still. Still. It's hardened. Wet. It's hardened. Hardened. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, this one really like just going through this whole thing. I'm just like breathing heavily and like ugh, because just imagining what those people went through oh, is no. literally my worst nightmare, dude. That is you know, my worst nightmare. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I just mm -mm. not not in the cold. Like if it was in the tropics, like I wouldn't be nearly as scared of the boat sinking. But. And, well, we'll get into it too, but there were so many factors involved. Not only was yeah. it like a yeah, so, like freezing waters, freezing waters. Um, it was pitch black. I mean, zero light. Well, yeah, it's you don't know what's underneath you. Yeah, that's the other thing. And my dumb ass can't swim. Oh yeah, that's true. So I guess what? Bye. Yeah, I can't wade. And then yeah, Whoa. I can't. That's me. I can't wade. I can Whoa. swim, but yeah. I can't like. I you're, can't wade. Get tired at yeah. one point. And then you've also got to worry about all the other people, the debris, mm -hmm. and. The suction of the thing going in the water. Yeah, that's the scariest I mean, part. It, 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 uh, I've seen a lot of like, uh, like when MythBusters really was really big, and they were like showing like all the myths behind like sinking. Like, can you actually get sunk? Like, su sucked into the sinking ship? Yeah. After you swim away, and it's like a very severe possibility because yeah, it's like a vortex. Yeah, it's so yeah. crazy. It's it's yeah. I don't really care for it. Anyway, I'm doing this for you people out there, right? That's all. Just like I, the autopsy one. Yes. Yes. I face my fears on this show for you. Okay? So I hope you appreciate. Tell your friends. Hey, man. You're a hell of a guy. Yeah. Thank you. I try. <laughs> so anyway, 
Um, so this one here, so it uh, it was expected to, Titanic was expected to actually arrive in New York Pier 59 on the morning of April 17th. Instead, after uh, leaving Queenstown, Titanic followed the Irish coast as far as the Fastnet Rock, approximately 63 miles or 102 kilometers for our smart listeners. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's an ongoing joke as well, people. Sorry, don't get offended. <laughs> um, or get offended, whatever. I mean, I can't tell you what to do. Yeah. So Titanic um, then traveled uh, 1,860 miles or 3,000 kilometers along a great circle route across the North Atlantic to reach a spot in the ocean known as the Corner, just southeast of Newfoundland, hmm. where westbound Cleveland steamers carried out a change of course. Okay, that's gross. I'm sorry. We we all know what a Cleveland steamer is, right? It's not right. I'm just no, kidding. Dad. What is a Cleveland steamer? Well, perhaps you should Google. It. <laughs> perhaps everyone out there should Google that because. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. All right, they were just steamships, uh, and I'm sorry, kind of. Anyway, so Titanic sailed for uh, just a few hours past the corner of a, on a rum line leg for roughly 1,177 miles or 1,895 kilometers to Nantucket Shoals Light when the ship came upon a giant fucking iceberg. Hmm. Hey, Logan. What's up? Hey. Hi. Do me a favor. Okay. Smell me. Wait, what? Just smell me. Okay. Yeah, smell that? Yeah, it smells good, doesn't it? It does. Because that's Dr. Squatch. Oh, really? Of course. It's the best soap, and we talk about Dr. Squatch all the time on the show. And guess what? What? Our listeners right now can actually save... 20% 20% off of orders of $20 or more on their first purchase. No way. Yeah. They can try it out. If you haven't tried out Dr. Squatch, what are you waiting for? You can literally save 20%. Just go to the Midnight Train Podcast.com, click on Sponsor Deals, scroll down a little bit, and uh, click on that banner, the Dr. Squatch banner. You'll see it. And uh, yeah, I smell pretty good, don't I? Yeah, you smell great. Yeah. Thank God I showered today. Thankfully. The final leg of the journey would have been 222 miles or 357 kilometers to Ambrose Light and finally to New York Harbor. So think about that. They went 11, almost 1,200 miles. Right. And they were 222 miles out. That is still incredibly far out into the ocean. Yeah, especially for something like that. I feel like it wasn't really traveling that fast, so it probably still would have took like three or four hours for that ship to even get to the port, let alone... Swim. Oh, no, it'd probably been days, wouldn't it? 222 miles? No, because, I mean, if it's traveling at, like, 20 knots, I mean, 20 knots is just under 20 miles, so I would imagine it would probably have taken about 10 hours. So, yeah, half a day. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I really have no idea. <laughs> I mean, a big boat like that, typically, like, the, the large cruise liners, I think they travel at about, like, 25, 30 knots, so I would imagine that probably was doing about 15, 20. Well, let's put this into context here. Okay. Yeah, sure. So it was supposed to uh, ex- uh, arrive on April 17th. Yes. Yeah, sure. And it went down on when? Mm-hmm. The 15th? Um, let's go back to our notes here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it? Mm-hmm. 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 When was it? The day before. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, two days before. Yeah, the 15th. <laughs> I said. Right. And it's supposed to arrive on the 17th. Well, they're stops, you know. They got to get out and see the whales. And shit. Oh, is it whales? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps instead of whales, they should have been looking for fucking icebergs. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, so it's still just incredibly deep, incredibly far out. You're in the middle of absolutely nowhere. It's ridiculous. So the, uh, the weather um, started to clear, you know, as it actually left Ireland. Um, you know, under the cloudy skies with a headwind. So just so you guys know, like it was, it it, it was kind of shitty when they were getting ready to leave, and then it started to clear up a little bit. What, what, what's the matter? 
uh, it, it, I was I was right on how fast it was going. How fast? The top speed of the Titanic is twenty three knots. I was still right on a couple days. You, you were. We, okay, we're both. We're right. both right. High fives. All right, ha. get it. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> I have a tree in my ear. <laughs> I can't really go too far. So the first three days of the doomed voyage from Queenstown passed without any problems. Mm-hmm. Okay? Any problems. Well, as far as most of the passengers were concerned. Unfortunately, a fire had started in one of the ship's coal bunkers roughly 10 days before it departed. Okay? Yeah. 10 days. Mm-hmm. It continued to burn for several days into the voyage, but the passengers supposedly didn't have a fucking clue. I'm sorry, wait, what? Yeah, they had no idea. Because it's it's one of those things that that's it's a steamship, therefore it's going to smell like coal burning. They don't know what the hell's going on. Freaking what four or five decks down, three decks, whatever it is. So let me let me just get this straight. Okay. Yes. So Chase. The fire was burning several days into the voyage. You wouldn't. And ten days prior. That you think? I mean, accidents happen, but it's still going on while people are aboard the ship. Correct. And you have these really, really big steam stacks on there, mm-hmm. and you're walking around, and all of a sudden you just get hit in the face with smoke, and you don't think anything of it. Well, I don't know if the smoke was obviously. I don't think the smoke was coming into the cabin at all. I mm-hmm. think they had a because, and we'll talk about it later because that, that's one of the conspiracies, ah, ah. and we'll discuss it. But yeah, it's, it's it's just crazy to me that the damn thing was burning for like 14 days. That is ridiculous. <laughs> So fires apparently occurred quite frequently on board steamships at the time due to spontaneous combustion of the coal. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yep. Just another reason for me to have uh, been horrified of these big-ass fucking death boats. Just saying. Yeah. Just add, add let's add that to it. Yeah. Let's add f- just fire down so, below. I'm, I'm actually really curious, though. Does, that, does, this, does the same thing happen with trains? Like coal-powered trains? Steam trains? Steam engine trains? Uh, uh, like the, like, spontaneous combustion? Yeah. I would imagine they because probably did back in the day carrying it like right behind everything so i'd imagine that but sparks or but it's, this is also an enclosed area oh true that, so, well, that would be more open yeah that makes more sense i would assume i don't know i don't know that's something either. we could look into huh. so the fires had to be extinguished with fire hoses by moving the coal on top to another bunker and removing the burning coal and feeding it into the furnace the fire was finally extinguished on april 14th some enthusiasts speculate uh, about whether this fire and the attempts to put it out may have made the ship more vulnerable mm. when it ate the world's biggest snow cone. And um, we're going to talk about that one. Okay? That's one of the conspiracies, like I said. But snow cone, sorry. <laughs> I had, I had <laughs> <to>. so stupid. <laughs> Titanic had received multiple warnings from other ships about drifting ice in and around the area of the Great Banks of Newfoundland. Okay? So they had, they had heard messages. Remember, they have a radio, like a wireless transmitter there that yeah. can actually get stuff. And they were, been, they were told. Right. You know, and they just... Anyway, Captain Edward Smith ignored them, dickhead, Mm. and uh, regardless, the ship continued to steam on at full speed ahead. Allegedly, the ship wasn't trying to set a speed record, allegedly. Mm -hmm. However, time was a priority. Remember, this was its very first run. Right. They wanted to prove to the world that not only is this thing big and luxurious, but it's fast, and it's it's the wave of the future, no pun intended. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe I should have intended that. Anyway. So under maritime practices at the time, ships were often set out at uh, at close to full speed. Mm-hmm. Okay, with ice warnings seen as advisories, and instead just relying on lookouts and the watchdogs freezing their nuts off on the top of the bridge up there. Yeah, yeah, advisor, take it under advisement, would you? Hey, uh, hey there, Bob. Uh, I, I just got this uh, message over. Apparently, there's a bunch of icebergs in the area. Ah, take it under advisement. <laughs> now get up top there and. Get those icicles off your nuts there. (laughs) (laughs) So it was generally believed that ice didn't 
pose a significant danger to large ships. And of course, Titanic was huge. It was huge. Huge. Close calls with ice happen. Of course, you know, you're out there and these ships, it would happen from time to time. Mm -hmm. And even head-on collisions seem to be nothing more than little bumper thumpers. You know what I mean? Because oh. they, it would happen all that they would hit boats. Just boonk. Right. <laughs> Which, who the fuck's right driving these boats? Ah, <laughs> uh, no one anymore. So back in 1907, SS Kronprinz Wilhelm, a German liner, had smacked into an iceberg but was able to complete its voyage and good old captain, not a fortune teller Smith, <laughs> uh, had said that, quote, uh, he could not imagine any condition which would cause a ship to founder. Modern shipbuilding has gone beyond that. So because this German boat was like, pink, oh shit, and they kept going, this guy's like, we're better than them. Fuck those icebergs. Until you meet an iceberg that's bigger than your right. big-ass ship. Just remember, in life, there will always be a bigger and better iceberg. There's always a bigger fish. Always. At 11.40 p.m. on April 14th, Lookout, Fre uh, Lookout Frederick Fleet spotted an iceberg ahead of Titanic and warned the bridge of its icy eminence. First Officer William Murdoch ordered the ship to be steered around the damn thing, and the engines started to reverse. Okay? Mm. But uh, it was too fucking late. Yeah. The starboard side of Titanic raked across the iceberg, carving in a plethora of holes below the waterline. The iceberg didn't initially puncture the hole, but somewhat dented it, okay, so that it seems uh, that, that the seams of it actually buckled and then separated, allowing, you know, just seriously freezing water to just rush in. What's uh what what side is the starboard side, Dad? That would be the right. Very good. You know an easy way of knowing between port and starboard? I've seen the movie, that's how I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just, just trying to give you a good... No, but, but how? So, port has four letters in it. Left has four letters in it. Left is port. Port is left. But right has R-I-T-E. That's right. What are you talking about? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you said starboard. Starboard has four. Oh, I get it, because left. Ah, okay. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, the yeah. most obscure way to remember that. But it's the, like, I play a I lot I probably of, will now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah you were going yeah. to now. Only play, because it's so obscure. But yeah. I play a lot of pirate games, so. Arr. Oh, yeah, all the time. I'll be like, oh, we're going to the port side. And they're like, which was that? I'm like, port is four letters, left is four letters. Remember that to do be all right. And they're what, like, oh, okay. What do you call a pirate that pees on people? R. Kelly. <laughs> <gasps> Woo! <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> so five of the ship's allegedly watertight compartments, so five of these compartments that were supposed to be watertight, mm -hmm. they were breached, and mm -hmm. it soon became very apparent that the ship was absolutely screwed because it couldn't survive more than four flooded compartments. Oh, shit. The Titanic began sinking bow first, with water spilling from room to room as its angle in the water became steeper and steeper. Mm. The passengers and crew of Titanic were frighteningly unprepared for such a catastrophic emergency. Remember, they don't have enough lifeboats. They weren't really trained, and we'll talk about that here. But it's just, and by the end of this, I honestly, I have uh, my opinion, which we always talk about at the end. Mm -hmm. But I just think this was a shitstorm of a lot of different happenstance, dude. Yep. I really do. Yep. I don't think it was like one thing that did it. I think it was just like a, a culmination, culmination of yep. everything, yep. So, first, there weren't enough lifeboats, like we mentioned. With the ship being considered unsinkable, as mentioned before, they didn't equip it with the appropriate amount. Secondly, the crew was not trained adequately to carry out an evacuation. Of course, because they're like, it's not going to sink. Get out of here. <laughs> Captain, should I learn how to save people? No. Grab my whiskey. <laughs> you little fuck. 
Anyway. <laughs> I need a Tom Collins yes. pronto. Now, where's the ice? <laughs> 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 oh, it's so not funny, but it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The officers did not know how many they could uh, could safely put on the, the lifeboats, okay? Right. And in a panic, when they launched them, many of them were, like we said before, they were barely half full. So, again, as they're throwing them down there, they don't know, okay, you can put, I don't know how many freaking 24, 48, whatever it is, people on a boat, and they're putting, like, 12, right. 20. Right. You know what I mean? Ugh. The poor and less socially prominent third-class passengers uh, were mainly left to fend for them fucking selves. So that seems nice. Oh, that's... Yeah. Mm, okay. Causing many of them to become trapped uh, below decks as the ship filled with water. It's fucking horrifying to me. Like, seriously, my heart's like about to bleh out of my chest right now. <laughs> the, quote, women and children first bullshit was generally followed when loading the lifeboats, and most male passengers and crew were left to their own devices. So thanks, ladies. <laughs> Fuckers. I'm just kidding. I'm so totally kidding. So recently, uh, like this year, author and expert on Titanic, Claes Goran Wetterholm. Oh. Yes. Claes Goran Wetterholm. Do you think he uh, introduces himself as Claes Goran, or do you think he's just Claes? No, he's like, hello, I am CGW. Oh, that's actually fucking badass. You see what I'm saying? That's badass. You're welcome. So he said it was, quote, not true that women and children survived thanks to the gallantry of men and that of the last survivors escaping on the final lifeboats, leaving the starboard side of the ship, he said the majority were actually fucking men. Hmm. Yeah. So they were just like, move, bitch. Fuck it. Ah! Move, bitch. <laughs> Sorry, get out of the way. The kitchen's that way. <laughs> Sorry. Totally kidding. However, according to records, women and children survived at about 75% and 50% respectively, while only 20% of men survived. Hmm. And I'm not a mathematician, but fuck that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So between 2.10 and 2.15, a little over two and a half hours after the Titanic struck the iceberg, it began to sink faster as the boat, uh, the boat deck dipped underwater and water poured in through open hatches and grates. The unsupported stern rose out of the water, exposing its propellers. That's the back end of here. Mm-hmm. The ship snapped into, into two main pieces between the second and third funnels due to uh, the pressure on the keel, supposedly. Supposedly. And we'll talk about that. With the bow underwater and air trapped in the stern, the stern stayed afloat and buoyant for a few minutes longer, rising into the air to nearly a uh, vertical angle with hundreds of people still holding on for dear life before it dipped into the black watery abyss at 2.20 a.m. Could you... Oh, Dude, I'm sitting here like I'm... Uh, now, let me just make this even worse for you. Could you imagine um, being the, the first person <laughs> on the lifeboat watching as this is going on? <sighs> I, I don't like, know. Are you are you are you relieved at that point, or are you in such shock? You know, I guess you know what I mean. Like, I don't know how I, I, I would have reacted in that situation. I, I what do you do? What can you do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you're literally watching. Like it'd be like watching a, a I don't know explosion in a building. Like what? What are watching you, like the twin towers and shit? Like yeah, that like kind what, of thing? what do you yeah. do? Like there's one that like, you can. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's insane to think about. I don't like this. So initially, it was assumed that the, sh- uh, the ship sank in one piece. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we know that didn't happen. Correct. But the wreck's discovery decades later showed investigators that the vessel had entirely snapped in twade. All the remaining passengers and crew found themselves bathing in the deadly cold water at negative two degrees Celsius. Oof. That is 28 degrees freaking Fahrenheit. Okay. The temperature outside right now. That Yeah. That is below freezing. Yeah. That, that's... 
I couldn't even imagine. I believe hypothermia would set in within like 30 to 45 minutes. Well, that's not good. No, <laughs> like you're you're pretty much dead within an hour yeah. kind of thing. Like if you're in the water for any longer. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, the freezing water typically causes death within minutes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, either from cardiac arrest, uncontrollable breathing of water, or cold incapacitation. I never huh. even thought about the cardiac arrest because it's such a shock to your yeah. system. And you're freaking out as it is and not being able to breathe and everything else. Sorry, Twelve Foot Ninja's playing in my head right now. What, what? It's a shock to the oh, system. Oh boy, it's a good song. It is. <laughs> so, it's just it, you're 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 talking worst fucking case scenario. Oh, for sure. It was commonly believed that it was all the people died from hypothermia, mm -hmm. but that was not the case. Almost everyone in the water died of heart attacks or other bodily reactions from the freezing water within fifteen to thirty minutes. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Dude, that is crazy. Of the people <clears throat> that were in the water, only five of them were helped into the lifeboats. Even though the lifeboats had room for almost 500 more people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Distress signals were sent by radio, rockets, and lamps by rockets. They mean the uh, like flare signal flares. flares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, none of the ships that responded were close enough to reach Titanic before it sank. Remember, they don't go that damn fast back then, and who knows how fucking far away they are from each other. Or do we? Or did they? <laughs> Around 710 people survived the sinking and were taken by the ship uh, Carpathia to New York. Titanic, uh, that's the original destination, obviously. Right. At least 1,500 men, women, and children lost their lives that fateful night. The last body from the... The sinking of Titanic recovered um, was uh, James McGrady, a uh, steward um, who was uh, body number 330 and was found by the chartered Newfoundland seal, uh, sealing vessel Algerine or Algerine on May 22nd. So there's almost 1,200 bodies that just were never found? Only 333 bodies of the unfortunate Titanic victims were recovered, which equates to nearly uh, uh, one in five of the over 1,500 victims. Oh. Some bodies sank with the ship, while currents quickly rushed other bodies and pieces of wreckage across hundreds of miles, making them um, extremely hard to recover. Okay, so this is going to be a really stupid and probably crude question. I am all about those. So, water is really cold up there. Probably mm -hmm. doesn't get warm at all. Is there a good possibility that there's... Well, I, I imagine it would get somewhat warm. But, like... I mean, I guess. this is April, so you're coming out of winter. Yeah. So, like, during the summer months, it's probably a little... I, I'd okay. say... All right. And plus, the top is going to be a lot warmer yeah, because okay. of currents and stuff like that, that. What was your question, though? That if, like, you were to travel around that area, if you would still possibly find bodies after 100 years because they're no. frozen kind of thing? Oh, no. Well, you know, uh, like, if they froze and then, like, came up or something yeah, like that? Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> be fucking... Whole, I don't know, but I don't want to even imagine that. It's such a morbid thought, but yeah. I like the, I just, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I always boy. wanted to go to New Finland. So I was like, maybe. Yeah. Did you say New Finland? Yeah. New <laughs> Finland, whatever. Oh, I didn't know there was an old Finland. <laughs> Perhaps we should go there first. So by June, one of the last search ships sent, uh, sent out to look for the survivors and bodies reported that life jackets worn by victims Oh, and keeping their bodies afloat were disintegrating and releasing bodies to sink down into their black graves of the ocean floor. Wow. Yeah, so like they were they were literally the plastic, because they're basically plastic. No, they were probably fabric then, so yeah. the fabric probably just disintegrated. Yeah, the salt and stuff, And then man. your body just, bloop, just down to the depths. That makes sense why the new life jackets are usually covered in plastic, because it takes a lot longer for uh, 
the salt to eat away. Yeah, I would assume so. So, I mean, so that's the basic synopsis. Obviously, most of you guys know that. You know Ooh. what it is. Yeah, even just to that point, and thank God we're doing this next part because that is just so... The fact that that was a, uh, a such a, a disheartening travesty. Well, just a, something that happened in our past, yeah. man. You know what I mean? Like, that's just... I could could not imagine i know a lot of people just talk about the titanic and of course we're making jokes to lighten things up a little bit but that is you're talking there's 1200 people that are just never recovered yeah you know what i mean that's crazy yeah it's wild okay so now we got that shit out we need a palate cleanser right yeah we're gonna we're gonna sit here and head into the conspiratorial waters <laughs> you get it yeah did, did you get it yeah did, did, did you guys get it i know you did all right, so now there are a bunch. <laughs> There's so many. There is some of them so were so many. stupid we didn't even want to add. Yeah, <laughs> there are so many of these, and there's some of them that I'm like, okay. Yeah, there and are. And then there's some of them like, no, come on. Like this first one. <sighs> okay, so one such conspiratorial theory here is that the ship that w- that sank was actually Olympic, the Titanic's nearly identical sister ship. Remember, we said before there was three of them, and this is one of them. The subject of a significant insurance scam. I gotta get that, seriously. (laughs) The conspiracy? Well, the two were covertly switched before the journey. Yes. Yeah. It was just a piece of tape over the uh, the, the RMS Titanic. It was RMS Olympic, but they just (laughs) put a little piece of tape over it. (laughs) They're all boarding like, it's very odd. Hmm. Why is it in spray paint? (laughs) Don't, wait, underneath, it looks like it says... Does that say? What does that say? (laughs) So in his book, Titanic, the Ship That Never Sank, Robin Gardner proposed one of the more complex and sinister theories regarding the sinking of Titanic. Gardner detailed several occurrences and coincidences in the weeks, days, and hours before the ship's demise. Finally, he concluded that the big-ass boat that went down was Olympic, which had been used as a ruse by its owners. Hmm. Those owners were the International Mercantile Marine Group, headed by... American financier J.P. Morgan. That rat bastard. Almost as bad as a Rothschild. J.P. stands for... I I don't have it. Uh, (laughs) He's rich. All right, that dude was loaded. I mean, it was like... Yeah, the rock... Well, no, back then it was... The Rockefeller. Rockefeller, for sure. Yeah, Rockefeller. And this guy, dude. J.P. Morgan. Jesus. Who purchased the White Star Line, that's the, you know, the, the mother line of the, the Titanic and all the sister ships, in 1902. That ruse, obviously, was to obtain insurance money. In their book, Olympic and Titanic, The Truth Behind the Conspiracy, many of Gardner's theories were refuted by researchers Bruce Beveridge and Steve Hall. The switch theory has also been called bullshit by author Mark Chernside. According to British historian Gareth Russell, Gareth Russell. Mm. Hello, Gareth Russell. I don't like the first name. It sounds like he has a lisp. Gareth. It's like it's supposed to be like Garrett, but it's like, <laughs> hi, I'm Gareth. <laughs> Hello, I am British historian Gareth Russell. <laughs> Would you like to hear the story <laughs> of the Titanic? Of Titanic. <laughs> uh, so anyway, his argument is, uh, he basically says that the argument from this other guy, is this is amazing, by the way, is, quote, so excruciatingly stupid. <laughs> I fucking love the British. My God. Uh, that one can only mourn the thousands of trees that perished while providing the paper on which it was articulated. That's cold. (laughs) They're so poignant. I love that shit. According to him, it would be difficult to secretly transfer the sister ships in a week because of their vastly different interior architecture and designs. 
The ship's owners could have easily damaged the ship, trying to switch it out. At the same time, it was docked, you know, um, for example, you know, by starting a fire or whatever, and received the insurance proceeds from that accident, which would have, quote, would have been far less severe and infinitely less stupid than sailing her out into the middle of the Atlantic with thousands of people and their luggage on board and ramming her into an iceberg. Yeah, I kind of have to leave with that. That's a... Uh... Right. So he's just saying, like, you could have easily damaged it where it was sitting. Yeah. You, somebody could have, quote unquote, I don't know, blew it up. Or, you know, Robert Downey Jr. could have been fighting this really big guy and it just kind of flew out to the river and sank. That was a Sherlock Holmes reference, but anyways... I actually love those movies. Oh my god! So I do. I, I heard he he's making a third amazing. one. Yes, I heard the same exact thing. Yeah. And they're bringing him back as well too. Oh, sweet. RDJ. Sweet. Supposedly. Sweet. <laughs> sweet. Well, that and you're going to be really excited for the next movie that's coming out that I'm really excited for. The next movie? Yeah. But Rush Hour Four. Ah, no. It's confirmed with Jackie Chan and Kurt, or uh, uh, Chris Tucker. <laughs> oh, you're going to say Kurt Russell? <laughs> yeah. That's a different movie right there. That's Chris awesome. Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to say the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that out. So some folks uh, on this next one have argued that Titanic was sunk by an outside force rather than an iceberg because it was supposed to be an engineering marvel. What was this external force, you may be asking? Well, King Poseidon! Well, yeah, he threw a fucking iceberg at it. (laughs) Well, the great Olympian god of the sea and king of the sea gods, the great king saw the massive boat and said, Nope! and smacked it with one solid whack of his huge serpent wiener, causing it to sink. <laughs> it's a cold dick. Yes. <laughs> okay, get it. <laughs> Not buying that? Okay, well, that's fine. How about a torpedo from a German submarine? The Germans! Oh. Yeah. Hey, Logan. Hi. How are you? I'm great. You know what I love? Me? Of course. And I love beer. Oh, my God, same. Yeah? Yeah. And I love craft beer. Yes. And there's nothing better than a good craft beer, especially when you're trying something new from different breweries and whatnot. Of course. It's awesome. And guess what? What? Our listeners can now sign up for the Craft Beer Club. No way. Yeah, buddy. And right now, you can go to our website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com, click on Sponsor Deals, and in there, you're going to find yourself a chance to save $30 off of 12 shipments of 12 beers per shipment. Wow. Yeah. Or save $60 off of 12 shipments of 24 beers per shipment. That's a whole case. That's a lot. It's a lot of beer. That's good. A lot of good beer. Plus, guess what? What? Free shipping. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Craft Beer Club. I mean, I'm in. I'm already signing up. Right? Right. We should totally do that. And we want you to sign up as well. So get on over to our website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com, and get yourself some beer. Speaking of, where's my beer? So according to the Huffington Post, uh, several survivors, including both passengers and crew members, when questioned by a U.S. Senate, an inquiry panel from the U.S. Senate, testified that they uh, never felt any impact or heard any sound when the collision occurred, suggesting it was minor in nature. Which, okay, just to pause that real quick. If you're on a boat and you're going 20 miles an hour, that's not very fast. That's not very fast, but it's a big-ass boat. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And then all of a sudden, you hit a... An iceberg. And it's cold, so ice is almost like metal. Right. And here, but but here's my, I guess, I guess I'm just talking this out as we, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the show right now. Sorry, folks. Okay. But okay. they did say that initially it didn't actually, like, it, it caused a couple of holes, but it more bent things. Okay. So it's not like it just completely carved something out, so it's not like it hit it that extremely hard, and it went kind of broadside on it, too, so right. may, maybe you wouldn't feel that. I don't know. I mean, if the ship's big enough, maybe, and if everybody was 
on the other side of the ship. You know what I mean? Maybe. But like, I feel like if you're below deck, you're still going to hear <laughs> the captains up there like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Everybody, if you go to the left side of the boat, that would be the, uh, uh, the what is it? Hold on. Left is, oh, shit. L-E-F-T. That's four letters. Star. Star has four letters. Starboard side. That's the starboard side, right? No, I'm wrong. Shit. Anyway, go to the left over there and don't see the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, however, they reported having uh, heard four, quote-unquote, reports or explosions deep in the bowels of the Titanic or, um, after it had uh, scraped the iceberg. Oh. These could conceivably been torpedoes launched by a German submarine. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, this, I mean, it could. Yes, yes, yes. Could have been. It could. Could have been. Yes. And maybe those explosions might have been them actually hitting the iceberg, though. You know what I mean? Because yes, icebergs are typically bigger under the water because Correct. they're not exposed to, like, all the heat and the elements and stuff. So, like, it could have jutted out and, like, smacked the ass of it. Thus the saying, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, sometimes the tip is too much. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> so, moreover, several survivors huddled in lifeboats observed a searchlight in the distance. Oh. oh. Encouraging them that a rescue vessel was approaching. This light had been attributed to the Californian, you know, a ship that was supposedly in the area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that ship's, uh, ship's captain, Stanley Lord, insisted that it was not his and that there was another vessel between his and Titanic. Oh. Indeed, his craft was mired in a uh, colossal ice field and forced to remain there until daylight. Mired means stranded, meaning that you're stuck in the ice. Thank you. You're welcome. Captain Thesaurus. Anyway, <laughs> several sailors on watch asserted that they witnessed an unidentified vessel approximately five to six miles away until about 2 a.m., possibly a submarine that had surfaced to ass- uh, assess the damage it had caused, after which time it just took the fuck off. Hmm. Um, for the record, this was not the Carpathia. That's the, the one that came and picked everybody up. Got you. Uh, which arrived on the scene later to you know assist the, the rescue uh, survivors here. Now, here's, and again, hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. So I mean, like, because when was World War One? Started nineteen seventeen. Right. So I mean, it was a couple years after. It is possible. I mean, this is it is possible. I mean, we did get into World War One because a certain country that will not be named kind of uh, attacked one of the ships that carried a lot of U.S. passengers on it, and uh, it starts with a Z. And that's the what country. Kind of, no, the, Zimbabwe. No. Oh shit. <laughs> the, the the boat that was sank. Oh. Yeah, I don't it was know. a the smaller cruise liner, I think, is what it was, or a passenger. Who boat. was the country that you said? Uh, well, Germany sent a telegram to Mexico to have Mexico do it, and the it, Mexicans did that. Supposedly, <gasps> you sons of bitches! I liked you guys up until just now. <laughs> oh. Supposedly, of course, I'm kidding. We love you guys. So, um, I mean, it is possible, okay, that yeah. Mystery Craft could have been a German sub as Germany's uh, U-boat technology was highly perfected at this time. Yes. And their subs were scanning the North Atlantic at this time. Because you got to remember, just because we were not involved and World War II hadn't started, they were still planning it, and this is just a couple years ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it's very possible because the Fiora, because I hit that asshole. I bet he did it. Stupid prick. I mean, he, he... He, sorry, he fought in the World War One, but he wasn't there when it started. Just, just saying. Who? Well, no, he was a chancellor and stuff beforehand. Like he was. Yeah, he but was, he actually fought in World War One, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. I'm just saying, like the entire ideology of that was happening before, yes, yes, yes. before whole. You know, well, that was World War Two anyway. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, he, which I think it started in 1914, if I'm not mistaken. So it technically, was a year after everything went right. Yeah, because right. we ended in 1919. Yeah. Anyway, there was tensions brewing. Okay? Yes. 
So the sub may have deliberately targeted the luxury liner or accidentally collided with it. Oh. Okay. Very possible. It should be noted that a German U-boat sank the famed Lusitania just three years later. That's what it was. That's not a Z. Sounds like it. <laughs> Lusitania. Yeah. See, there's a Z in there. That's, it's Lusitania. That's an S. You spelled it wrong. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so it is, it, that one to me, at least has a tinge of possibility to it. Yeah. A tinge. Yeah. And I don't know if it was um, torpedoed, would you see like burns and stuff? Because it is underwater where it hit technically, right? I mean, or was it, no, it was above, I don't know. No, it was right below, right yeah, below the right water, water line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, technically you would see that, but after however many years it was underwater before they actually found it, it could have. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. You know I didn't even mean? think about that. So yeah. it's not like, like they got there right on the scene and was like, aha. <laughs> right. Like it was yeah. quite a long time afterwards. Now this next one. This that's next 100% true. Huh? 100% true. <laughs> well, just wait for this because, I mean, you know, but I'm telling them. Oh, okay. This is amazing. Mm hmm so was Titanic cursed by an Egyptian mummy? <laughs> Just, I mean, right out of there. I right. mean, I mean it, it, I, who am I? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The Titanic's mummy curse is an urban legend, uh, possibly based on Amun-Ra's priestess, who lived in 1050 BC. According to legend, after her discovery in Egypt in the 1890s, the purchaser of the mummy ran into grave misfortune. <laughs> <laughs> The mummy was then reportedly donated to the British Museum, which supposedly continued to cause mysterious problems for visitors and staff. Oh, no. She loved to play hide-and-seek. That's supposedly what happened. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the mummy. She, she, like, they'd go to, like, at night, lock up, and they're like, oh, shit. And she's, like, <laughs> hiding behind shit. Yeah. <laughs> would love to see a movie like that. And they that. just followed the dust trail. And they Dude, that would be her. an amazing movie idea. Like, it's like Night at the Museum. I have so many good ideas. Let's make a movie. Come on, Hollywood. The Midnight Train Podcast brings you yeah. The Mummy. Hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> or Bollywood. Bollywood, I'll, uh, let's go, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Seriously. I'm, we'll get some music yeah, numbers in and, there. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in. I am all in. <laughs> so The Mummy was eventually purchased by journalist William. And it just says William. I don't know. So apparently that's either his first or last name. And or it's W-I Liam. Oh, it's Will I Am. It's, it's the guy from the <laughs> Black Eyed Keys. Key, Black Eyed Keys. Yes. The Black Eyed Keys. <laughs> the Black Eyed Keys. <laughs> Who dismissed a curse's claims, uh, the, 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 the claims as uh, just, you know, circumstance. It's just quirks. It's ah. bullshit. However, the legend claims that he arranged for the mummy to be hidden under his car. Okay. He feared it would be taken uh, aboard the Titanic. Because of its dark reputation. Yes, he mm. was actually taking the uh, the mummy with him. And he hid it under his car because he was just worried that people would be like, um, what the fuck is that? Is that a dead body? Is that, is that, a, is that a mummy? I'm, I'm not even mad. It's <laughs> kind of impressive. Yeah. In addition, he reportedly revealed to other passengers the mummy's presence the night before the accident. So, of uh, course, uh, he's uh, like uh. <laughs> drunk as shit. Like, I... <laughs> You know, I've got one in my car, right? <laughs> Can't tell anybody. I swear. I've got a mummy. <laughs> you got a what? Shh. 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 I've got a mummy. You want to see it? <laughs> you want to touch it? <laughs> no, you can't touch it. They say it's cursed. <laughs> So official records, however, state that the British Museum never received the mummy, 
only the lid of its sarcophagus, which is now on display at the museum and known as the Unlucky Mummy. Additionally, except during war and special uh, exhibits abroad, the coffin lid has not left the Egyptian room. Really? They keep that fucker under lock and kizzy. That makes sense. Yeah. Because they already lost half of it. <laughs> like the important part. Yeah. So how about a creepy premonition? Yeah. You in? All uh, right. After the mummy thing, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I know nothing really tops the mummy thing. No, for sure. never. In 1898, the author Morgan Robinson, uh, Robertson wrote a fictional story called The Wreck of the Titan. He told the story of a Titan ship that had hit an iceberg and there was a lack of lifeboats on his ship. This is 1898. Mm. Robertson claimed to be psychic mm -hmm, and inspired the story from his psychic abilities. Aha. So it's a premonition. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of listeners or our pastors probably have heard this whole mm -hmm. thing or whatever. And, but it, to me, it's still like pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So although the novel was uh, written before, you, you know, the Olympic class uh, Titanic was designed, some remarkable similarities exist between the fictional and real life counterpart counterparts. For example, um, just like the you know, Titanic, the fictional ship sank in April in the North Atlantic and there were not enough lifeboats for the passengers. It's like a, uh, a Jules Verne thing, isn't it? Isn't it the guy who wrote like uh, the 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea and then like us going to the moon and shit like that? Do you know there's a band in Cleveland called 10,000 Leagues Under My Nutsack? I'm, I'm sorry, one more time. Yeah, but I swear to God. 10,000 leagues under my nutsack. Mm -hmm. Are they like a death metal band? <laughs> They're pretty awesome. They're like the guy, it's one, basically one guy and it's 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 so funny. Yeah. Oh, I have to listen to this now. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I, I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought as well okay. too. Well, you were saying uh, Jules, of, Jules Verne. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I forgot my, where I was going with that. Yeah, yeah. So Jules Verne, wasn't that like the same time as well too? Like the late 1800s where he was writing about like a submarine that was going down in the, the, the depths of the ocean and stuff like that. And then us going to the moon and... Sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not up on my Jules Verne. Jules Verne's awesome. Okay. I do have a really weird story though. Uh -oh. and, and just a, because I... I'm Does sorry. it pertain to nut sacks and 10,000 leagues underneath them? No. Damn. However, um, a friend of mine way back in the day, every time he would fart, he would make a name for it, whatever the fart sounded like. And I remember distinctly one day he farted and he was like, oh, did you hear that one? It was Jules Verne. <laughs> I don't know why that stuck with me. As a kid, I was a kid. Oh, it's so stupid. Anyway, <laughs> so it's still really weird that this guy had this premonition and wrote the book. Like, right. he, it, this, So it's not like he just came out afterwards and was like, oh, I had this dream. No, he wrote this book about That's, this, you know. Yeah. Um, there are also similarities between the size, okay? 800 foot for the Titan mm. versus... By the way, it was called the fucking Titan. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, it's just missing two letters. Right, the ick. <laughs> the, 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 the ick. It's Titan, I see. Um, which is uh, the um, uh, the Titanic was uh, uh, 882 and a half foot long. Its speed was 25 knots for Titan and 23 knots for Titanic. Oh, we had it in here. Yeah, I know. I'm just wait for it. Yeah. And, of course, the lack of the life-saving equipment. Interesting. Right. So let's go through some similarities between, uh, some more similarities here, between Titanic and Titan. Gotcha. Okay. Um, first, it's unsinkable. Well, no, first is it's missing two letters. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a similarity. That'd be a difference. Okay, the similarity is it, <laughs> Titan is in Titanic. Correct. There okay. you go. Yes. Um, it's unsinkable. So the Titanic was, the, of course, the world's largest luxury liner. Um, let's see. Displacing 53,000 long tons. That's a lot of tons. I'm assuming that's water, correct? Like, that's how many tons of water it's displacing as it moves? And, like, through the water? Isn't that what that would mean? Yeah. 
boy. <laughs> <laughs> and once was described as being unsinkable, of course. The Titan was the largest craft afloat and the greatest of the works of men. Of course, displacing 75,000 tons. Mm-hmm. And was considered unsinkable. Mm. Lifeboats. The Titanic carried only 20 lifeboats, less than the half number required for her passenger capacity of 3,000. The Titan carried, quote, as few as the law allowed, 24 <laughs> lifeboats, less than half needed for her 3,000-person capacity. Interesting. It was struck on an iceberg, right? Mm-hmm. They both hit an iceberg. Mm-hmm. Moving too fast at 23 knots, the Titanic struck an iceberg at, on the night of April 14th of 1912 in the North Atlantic, 400 miles away from Terra Nova. That's a great show. Uh, Terra Nova? Yeah. yeah that's about dinosaurs. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Little arms. Little arms. On uh, on an April night in North Atlantic, 400 miles from Newfoundland, Terra Nova. Okay, the Titan hit an iceberg while traveling at 25 knots. The unsinkable sank. The unsinkable. Uh, the unsinkable sank. What? The unsinkable Titanic sank. What? That was really weirdly written. In more than half of her two, uh, 2028, we know how many people passed away on that one. The indestructible Titan. Oh, okay. So the other one's the unsinkable. Titanic. This one is the indestructible Titan. Yes. Also sank in this book. More than half of her 2,500 or to 3,000 because it just said that a minute ago. Um, passengers uh, drowning. Quote, their voices raised in agonized screams. That is seriously terrifying. So anyway, I'm going to go through the differences here too just to kind of like differentiate here. But how weird is that? Yeah. And all I think in my head is that we're talking about um, in 1898, right? And this in, uh, I don't have that, like when they, I had it in here, but when they actually started building it, so it's probably like late 1900s to early 1900s, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe mid 1900, right? 1910? No. How long it took to make, uh, build Titanic is what I'm saying. Yeah, I thought I had it in I here. it was like 10 or 15 years it took them to make it, but yeah. Is it possible they got the idea? From him? From this book? There's a large possibility. Or did they get the idea to make the insurance claim because they read this book? <laughs> Aha! Yeah. <laughs> See that? We're, God, we, we fucking solve shit, dude. Dude, we're fucking amazing. We are fucking solving shit left and right. Damn it. Why are we making more money on this? <laughs> <laughs> we, we make money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Patreon. I got toilet paper yesterday. <laughs> it was single ply. <laughs> it's single ply. It's like sandpaper on my bunghole, but it's all right. <laughs> All right, differences here. The Titan does not strike the iceberg. A glan- um, Let's see. Uh, it's a glancing blow to clear night, as is the case of Titanic, but drives headlong into an ice shelf, possibly formed by the recent overturning of an iceberg, rising and falling on her side. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's, that's kind of a different... Yeah. The Titanic hit the iceberg in perfect sailing conditions, while the Titan hit the iceberg in bad, misty, and foggy conditions. Mm. Okay. 705 people aboard the Titanic were saved, while only 13 of those aboard the Titan survived. Oh. Remember, that's supposed to be supposed to be fiction so mm-hmm. the uh, titanic sank on her maiden voyage while the titan had made several voyages uh-huh. titanic sank while sailing from england to the u.s titan was traveling in the opposite direction mm. the titan sinks a uh, ship before it, oh wait the titan what the titan sinks a ship before oh the titan sinks a sh- another ship before hitting the ice the Titanic came close to an accident with the New uh, with the New York, but not actually hit it. I didn't know that he actually came close to hitting another fucking ship. Huh? Um, <laughs> the people in New York is like, call the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers almost hit us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Titan had sails to improve her speed. Titanic did not. And could a fire, you know, have had led to... Oh, we're going into the fire here part, the fire part or whatever. So, anyway, those are the differences. Yeah. Okay. But the similarities are eerily yeah, it's a little weird. similar, dude. That is... J.P. Morgan. That is crazy. Idea. He was trying to make a bank, so he had to get money some, from somewhere. So that makes sense why they he did this. I mean, dude, I don't know. The more the now, uh, yeah, I don't know because that's why I was so curious. About we the talk about that here in a fire minute. Fire aboard the ship, like it makes sense. Like it happened a few days prior to it being sent sent out. But for it to still be happening while it's on there, well, I don't think they could get it out. Is my well, suppose allegedly they couldn't right. get it out. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but you 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 couldn't take care of that before boarding passengers. Well, they didn't want to lose money. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but yeah, I mean, dude, and we talk about that in a second, so yeah, we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. But there is also another book too, and uh, this is more of a paranormal story than a conspiracy idea, but it's still important to talk about. Yes. Um, How the Atlantic Mail Steamer Went Down is a short story by eminent British author William T. Steed, or Stead, that was released in 1886. Okay, so even further back. Hmm. Its plot is uncannily similar to the Titanic tragedy. A mail steamer collides with another ship in the Atlantic. What? Unfortunately, a lack of lifeboats on board leads to a significant death toll. Uh, Steed traveled on the Titanic for over 10 years later. Okay, so the guy who wrote this story about a ship going down and not having enough fucking lifeboats. Okay, but, okay, hold on. Let me finish my, whatever. Um, According to legend, he actually perished in the collision, um, but shortly after, a medium actually channeled his ghost and got to talk to him, so. Ah. But he he died on the Titanic. Yeah, that's pretty. After having written this this story about this thing going down. But I, I feel that that's... Yeah, it's weird and it's quirky, but I feel like at the time, obviously, they didn't give a fuck about the fucking lifeboats. Mm. It wasn't like, you know, they had somebody going, no, you have to have a life a spot for every single person on the yeah, ship. They didn't have an OSHA or, you know, right, an exactly. FDA back then. It was just uh, whatever we can to get by. Right. So it's so I, that one, I, I don't know, it's a little far. It is crazy that he had that dream and then yeah. went down on that. Can you fucking imagine <laughs> having that and be like, God damn it, I knew it. <laughs> right. Like, dude, come on. So, I'm sorry, I didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, so here's one I hadn't heard of. The Samson, a Norwegian ship used for seal hunting, may have been nearby the Titanic as it sank, according to one theory here. So remember the earlier mention of the searchlights? We talked about oh, searchlights yes, up yes, there. Yes. They thought maybe it was the U-boats or whatever it was. Some people think that the Samson is where these lights came from. The ship was hunting in territorial waters when a crew member reported seeing rockets heading toward the catastrophe. Still, the distress signals were disregarded because the ship was in in those areas at the time. The crew learned that they had left the Titanic much later. Okay? So, basically what that's saying is is that they could have helped. Yes. But because they were illegally hunting seals. Yes. And seal? Seal is plural for that. Seal. No, seals. Seals. Seal? Yeah, seals. Is it? It's not like moose. You can't get meeses or mooses. It's a moose. It's seal. Baby, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> however, record. So anyway, so they they didn't help out because yeah, they could have. They thought they were going to, but don't you think? And I, I have a something to rebuke that here for a second. But don't you think that if they were like, okay, listen, we just saved a fuck ton of people. Yes, we were killing seals. Yes, my bad. But they were haunting in waters they were not allowed to be in. 
on top of hunting seals. But we just saved a bunch of rich fuck, uh, rich fuckers, rich folk. I was going to say rich folk, and I said fuck at the same time. I'm just so <laughs> used to it. But they, they, they literally could have saved all these people. You're trying to tell me that those rich people that they could have saved, not they didn't know they were rich people, even though, regard, you know what I'm saying? But like, I don't know. I, I would have taken the chance. But I mean, all you saw was the 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 flares going off, and but wouldn't you have gone over to? But oh, okay, so I, was, oh, I guess at the time maybe you didn't know it was happening. Maybe they thought it was like you know the the popo, right? I don't know. Like is, there, is, there, is there water popo? I mean, is that the navy? It, Did they have the navy back then? Could have been in the navy. I don't know. Anyway, how my brain works. I actually took my Adderall on my way here. Really? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> So, however, records show that the ship was likely in a port in Iceland, so that information doesn't really lend itself to a grand conspiracy idea. But does it? Because couldn't they have forged those because they didn't want to get in trouble for being there? And they literally have crewmen that reported seeing this all take place. So they just didn't want to get in trouble at the time and then realized, oh, fuck, we could have saved thousands of people. Oh, yeah, 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 shit, could you fucking imagine? Like, you're not going to get trouble after the fact, because technically on paper, you were where you were supposed to be, but if you were there and mentioned that you were there, like, that's a heavy fucking burden to have, man. Yeah, and and again, that's just a conspiracy that people think that someone could have been there to help out, not really the sinking of it. So some conspiracies contend that the Titanic was deliberately sunk Mm. to crush opposition to the founding of the Federal Reserve Bank. Okay. Yeah. Now listen. <laughs> Several of the wealthiest men in the world, including John Jacob Astor the Fourth. I thought it was John Jacob Jinkerheimer Schmidt. If you can say it again incorrectly, I'll laugh at it. John Jacob Jinkelheimer Schmidt. Hey, his name <laughs> was my name too. Um, also, Benjamin Guggenheim. <laughs> Why is that funny? I'm assuming he has something to do with the Guggenheim Museum. Yeah. yeah. The Guggenheim and Isidore Strauss were supposedly opposed to establishing a U.S. central bank. I like that name. Right? Isidore. Isidore. (laughs) It's a door. (laughs) (laughs) What is that place you walked in from? Isidore. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, um, so they were were opposed to establishing a U.S. centralized bank. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, they were on board the Titanic on her maiden voyage. Mm. All of them together. According to conspiracy theories, J.P. Morgan, the 74-year-old millionaire who founded the investment banking company that bears his name, planned for the men to board the ship and then have it sunk to kill them. Not for an insurance claim, to get rid of his opposition. I mean... But, two birds, one stone, dude. Mm -hmm. Hey, Logan. Hi. How's it going? It's great. Great. Um, Question. Yeah. Do you like wine? I love wine. Yeah. We're big wine drinkers in my house, as you very well know. Oh, of course. And I like all kinds of different sorts of wine. Same. And if our passengers tend to be the same way, guess what? What? We actually have a deal to save them some money. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You can actually sign up for the... Gold Medal Wine Club wine sale right now. It uh, You can save up to 51% off award-winning and hard-to-find wines. Three-bottle minimum. You can mix and match your favorites with free shipping on 12 bottles or more. I mean, that's that's amazing. That's a good deal. Stock up on your wine. Save some money. Just head on over to the MidnightTrainPodcast.com. Click on Sponsor Deals. Scroll your little fingers down to the bottom. Find that beautiful wine club in there. Click on it and uh, be magically whisked away to the land of... Wine. Do it. I like wine. 
Now you're making money off of killing people that would have taken your money. So now you're doubling you're, your money. You're doubling down hard. Real hard. And J.P. Morgan is a pretty smart dude. Yeah, well... Yeah, this could be the greatest conspiracy that may have actually taken place. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's fucking crazy. So Morgan, known as the Napoleon of Wall Street, was credited with preserving the American financial system during the Panic of 1907 and helped found General Electric, U.S. Steel, and International Harvester. In other words, he has more money than Jeebus had. He's no longer with us, but his family will never go without. We'll just put it that way. For, yeah. for eternity. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, but I've heard some really shady goings on with that. Like J.P. Morgan and the whole. Yeah. 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 He's got some shit. We should do a, a bonus on him one of these days. We're going to do a few bonuses on a few of the heads of uh, banking industries here soon. Don't worry. There's uh, more information coming out about certain people. So. Remember earlier I said I would not kill myself, just so you guys know that, okay? Yeah. Uh, just so, just just in case, I would not do that, ever. I am in perfect mental health. Yes, I am. I wouldn't say that. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not in perfect mental health. Perfect to my standards, <laughs> yeah. but I would never do that. So if we do that episode and something happens, mm -hmm. I did not take myself out. You did not unalive yourself. Correct. I did not clinton myself anyway <laughs> um so uh so, sorry the federal reserve was founded in part thanks to jp morgan of course who also owned the international mercantile marine which in turn owned the white star line and the titanic we talked about that earlier <laughs> morgan had been present at the titanic's 1911 launch oh this is fucked up by the way and had reserved a vip apartment on it with a private promenade deck and a bathroom with specialty made cigar holders how badass is that? I want one of those. <laughs> How badass is it to not only have that done, but also this is the very first ship of its kind. And if I'm going to be on board your ship, I need custom cigar holders in my lounge. But 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 again, with one of the first things I said is is that they focused on luxury, and I mean that those cigar holders could have bought a couple lifeboats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for real. Like, yeah. like fuck the fucking cigar holders. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, hindsight, obviously. So he apparently had a reservation on the ship's inaugural voyage, the very first and only one. But he changed his plans and stayed in the French resort town of... Um, Alabain. 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 Hamburger. Hamburger. Sorry. To, this is amazing, to take sulfur baths and massages every morning. I mean, that is pretty smart. It's actually pretty good. So the conspiracy theorists out there believe that he was aware of the ship's fate because of his last-minute cancellation. Well, to void himself of any misdeeds or misdoings at the time, I invested in a, a part of the ship, and I also reserved a room on there. Oh, but you know what? I had something come up. I, I just can't make it. <laughs> My sciatic. My sciatic. I can't go on the boat. My sciatic's killing me. But didn't they say they have, like, massage parlors and shit on the boat, though, as well? But they don't have sulfur baths, so. Ah. That's what's going to help us sciatic Ah, out. sulfur baths. Yes. That smells like shit, I bet. It smells like rotten eggs. Yes. That's one would believe. Satan would know all about that. Oh. I, I wonder he has sulfur baths down there. Ooh, wonder uh, is that part of the, the treatment while you're down there? Uh, sounds to me like it's part of the pain while you're down there. <laughs> <laughs> Does it burn? <laughs> uh, I gotta get a hold of him. He's been on vacation. The holidays, he's weird. Yeah, must be nice. Yeah, like I haven't even like he hasn't texted me back in like I don't know f uh, about a week. Damn. Yeah, I don't it's know. Not, uh, very unlike him. I'm sure he's fine. But then again, Santa, Satan, it's kind of all. 
Oh. Listen, I'm not... We're conspiracy corner right now, dude. Damn. I'm just saying. Damn. He might be Santa Claus. Dude, I saw... You gotta watch this fucking show, and I've been telling you, oh, you boy. to watch it for a while, but that Love, Death, and Robots... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a Santa episode where it's n- not Santa. It's this fucking demon-esque monster who... Krampus? No. Oh. Even worse, who literally, like, he throws up presents... <laughs> but he can sense the the niceness in kids, and it'll like it like it's like talks like this the entire time, it's like naughty, nice, and then he'll like kiss the nice kids, and he'll eat the bad kids. I'm going to ask that you never do that voice again. <laughs> was that? Was it? Was, I'm just going to ask. Was it, was, it, was, it was terrifying? Yeah, 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 but just don't do that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> thanks, because I'm already going to have trouble sleeping tonight. So appreciate you. Sorry. All right, so the next one coming up here is, and I do want to watch that. By the way, I, I keep seeing it, and I need to watch it's it. So good. Um, the next one here, and we kind of mentioned this earlier, and we we're talking about the watertight doors of Titanic. Yes. Okay, um, and there's another theory involved with this. So according, to, and this one we're going to kind of go into this because it's a it's kind of scientific how they proved and disproved this whole thing. Yeah. So according to this theory, if these doors had been opened, um, Titanic might have stabilized and remained afloat long enough for uh, the rescue ships to actually show up and help everybody. But for two reasons, this theory has been disproven. Okay. First, since the uh, the first four compartments were watertight by nature, it was impossible to reduce the amount of water significantly in the bow. Hmm. Okay? That's just how they were made. Right. Second, uh, secondly here, uh, calculations by Bedford and Hackett have demonstrated that the Titanic would have capsized if there had been any significant water behind boiler room number four, which would have happened around 30 minutes earlier than the actual time of the sinking. Mm. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. In addition, the flooding of the boiler rooms would have caused the lighting to go out roughly 70 minutes after the crash. Additionally, Bedford and Hackett examined the hypothetical situation where there were no bulkheads. The ship would have sunk at that point, roughly 70 minutes before it actually went down. And lighting would not have been present for another 40 minutes following the crash. Gotcha. Okay. Um, because, I mean, that's where all the, the their, their lights and stuff came from yeah, was down there. That's right. where their, like, generator, I guess it had to be a generator at that point, right? Technically. They have generators in 1912? They didn't. It wasn't considered a generator. It was considered an engine that powered the lights. But it, in reality, it's a generator. Probably all candlelight. <laughs> God, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what happened. It's, <laughs> we got to put this fucker out. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, the kerosene. <laughs> So later, the Discovery Channel did uh, model, um, some model simulations that, again, refuted this notion in a 1998 documentary titled Titanic Secrets Revealed. The simulation showed that opening uh, Titanic's water, uh, watertight doors would have caused the ship to capsize more than a half an hour before it actually sank, mm. supporting you know the results of the early results here. The reasons and uh, mechanisms for the ship's disintegration were still up for debate, okay, by the scholars and people that you know are all into Titanic here. Before taking her final fall, uh, Titanic, according to Walter Lord's book, A Night to Remember, assumed a, quote, completely perpendicular position. Mm-hmm. And that's this way. Well, it's this way with the water level like this. Yes. Therefore, it's going to look like a, a plus sign. It's straight up and down. It is straight up and down. Straight up and down. Yo, that's, that's a big one. Titanic was confirmed to have split into... Entwined. Entwined. Twide? Twied. Oh. A split is arrow own twied. It's from Robin Hood, Men and Tights. Drink up. Anyway, um, so or, or so it's split in two or, or at least near the surface. Right. Okay, so like close at least to. And if you've seen the movie, that part's like pretty spot on as far as they know. You yeah, know? from the survivor's point right. of view or whatever, yeah. Um, and it's uh, by the discovery from Robert Ballard, okay, of the wreck in 1985, you know, when they actually found the damn thing. Mm-hmm. 
Still, paintings by renowned marine artist Ken Marshall and the depiction of the ship in James Cameron's film, Titanic, showed the ship reaching a steep angle. Okay, because remember, it said it did go like this a little bit, and mm-hmm. then it went back down. Right. Right. Before the breakup. Breakup. It's like they're having a bad relationship. <laughs> yeah. The front half's like, I'm leaving. You can't leave. I'll die without you. <laughs> That's so bad. So most academics agree that uh, Titanic's aft expansion joint intended to allow for hole flexing in a seaway, okay, to give it a little bit of a, you know, a bend, a little bend, had little to zero impact on how the ship actually broke apart. At the same time, disagreement lingered over whether the vessel had uh, broken from top down or bottom up. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So two substantial chunks of the Titanic's keel, which made up the part of the ship's bottom that extended directly below the point of the breach, were examined by a history channel. We love those guys. Mission to the crash site in 2005. The team examined the wreckage with the help of of naval architect Roger Long and created a revised breakup theory, which was made public in the, uh, the 2006 television documentary, Titanic's Final Moments, Missing Pieces. Yes. Now, this new idea made it clear that the angle of Titanic at the moment of its demise was far smaller than previously thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, according to Long, it was no more than 11 degrees. Right. Which really isn't that. That's Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. yeah, you're like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they can see what we're doing right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm lifting my hand like I know what I'm talking about. So Long also believed that the premature breakdown of Titanic's after-expansion joint may have started the ship's breakup and ultimately increased the number of fatalities by forcing the ship to sink far more faster than they expected it to. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we're talking about, the vortex. <laughs> the very end. That'd be fucked up if we did that. Uh, dives on Britannic, the uh, the older ship of the Titanic, um, uh, were sponsored by the History Channel in 2006, proving that Britannic's expansion joints were better designed than those used on Titanic. Mm-hmm. Okay, the History Channel hired JMS Engineering to create a new computer simulation to investigate Long's theory even further. The simulation's findings, which were presented in the 2007 film Titanic's Achilles Heel, partially dispelled Long's concerns by showing that the expansion joints on Titanic were strong enough to withstand any stresses the ship might reasonably be expected to experience in service and that that uh, during the sinking, they even exceeded their design requirements. Ah. So they actually outperformed what they were supposed to. Which makes no more sense. Yeah. Okay. The expansion joints were a component of the superstructure, which was located above the strength deck, which is the B deck. Gotcha. Okay, that's where everything is, like, it's very tensile there, and, like, it's got its strength. Mm. Oh, Strong wow. like bull. Uh-huh. I'm B deck. Mm. That's why it's called a bull deck, right? No, it's big dick. Ha <laughs> ha. I am, they have to say B-deck because big dick, everyone gets insulted. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> and thus, above the top of the structural hull girder, okay, and that's it, what they say is the most significant of this whole thing. As a result, uh, the expansion joints were useless for supporting the hull. They had nothing to do with the hull breaking, hmm. okay? The hull simply flexed or split beneath them, causing them to open up and separate. I mean, it makes sense if it was coming out of the water at a certain angle. Right. It's kind of... So the expansion joint theory is supported in the 2008 book Titanic's Last Secrets by Brad Matson. And one common thing left out is that when the hull started to actually like stress and start, you know, starting to bend a little bit, mm-hmm. the forward expansion joint, kind of what we're talking about here, over which multiple um, they have funnel stays, mm-hmm. like it's like, you know, little funnels, like little port parts. Yes. 
Um, they passed open. Uh, were they passed? I'm sorry. Were those things passed? They opened up, causing the first funnel to fall at a relatively shallow angle. Ah. Okay. So really, it just it kind of was like boop. Yes. Boop. boop. I'm sure it wasn't boop. No, weird. it wasn't. <laughs> the stays were stretched and fractured by the joints opening. The ship's forward speed caused the unsupported funnel to topple into the starboard bridge wing as the uh, as she you know it suddenly lurched forward and right. downward. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So it may have actually landed on an ice shelf below the waterline as it crashed with, you know, hit the, when it hit the iceberg. Right. Perhaps harming the keel and underbelly. So in other words, like it may have actually, as it, there may have been a, a thing of ice underneath. Right. Which may have actually, when it hit the iceberg, it may have actually fucked up the, the, the underneath the hull. The hull. Awesome. Yeah. The hull. The hull. Hull. So... Which may have actually fucked it up there, too. And this is one idea that might explain the hull's fracture. Okay. Mm. So, boiler room four flooded from below the floor grates rather than from over the top of the watertight bulkhead, uh-huh. as was discovered later on, um, you know, during the sinking. And this would be compatible with additional keel damage comp- uh, compromising the hull's integrity. So, in other words, that wasn't it. Right. Right. They did their job. It was fine. Yep. The, the shit they built on there... In, in fact, like they were saying, a lot of this shit actually outperformed what it was supposed to. Right. So here's one for you. And this one's, we kind of touched on this a little bit ago. Yeah. Remember remember that fire that was burning in the boiler room for like 10 days and then for four fucking days afterwards or whatever? I forget. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, as we talked about before, 10 days before the ship's departure, a fire broke out in one of the coal bunkers, raging there for several days. Onboard steamships, fires obviously frequently broke out due to the coal spontaneous combustion. Uh, fire hoses, shifting the coal on top of another bunker, and moving the, uh, the burning coal and feeding it into the furnace were all necessary to put out the fires. Right, we said that. Mm-hmm. Some writers believe that this incident led to the fire, which decreased the structural integrity of the hull hmm. and a crucial bulkhead exacerbating the impact of the iceberg collision. Remember what I said? It's a culmination of things. Is it possible that it being so hot and that fire <coughs> excuse me, could have messed up the um, weaken the hull. Of course. You know what I mean? That would be exactly what fire would do. Right. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> this hypothesis was made in 2011 by David J.H. Smith in his book, The Titanic's Mummy, <laughs> which examined the incident in a docudra- uh, docudrama style. The bunker fire was said to be the cause of the eventual catastrophe, and it was claimed that choices taken to, uh, you know, due to the fire put the ship on a collision course with the iceberg. Yeah. So now this is kind of fucked up. So what, so how they handled the fire they're saying may have actually kind of forced it to accidentally go and hit the, the iceberg. Right. right. Because basically they were, they were putting too much into it. Right. They were trying to get rid of all the hot coal. And so the more coal you put in there, the, the hotter the fire is going to go. So the faster it's And the faster that fucker's going to move. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the book also examines the physical impact of the fire on the ship, claiming that it lessened the force of the impact, like we just said. According to uh, Sanan? Okay. Sanan. Sanan Malani. <laughs> or Molani. I don't know. The Titanic may have been steaming at full speed before the collision, uh, despite ice warnings due to efforts to put out the fire by shoving burning coals into the engine furnaces, just like I said. Mm. Most experts are, you know, they're kind of divided on it, according to Samuel Haltburn, aren't they always? Mm-hmm. Quote, the watertight bulkhead uh, would not have been sufficiently weakened by the bunker fire to allow it to collapse. Okay, he says it wouldn't have happened. 
Right. In addition, it has been alternately proposed that the coal bunker fire, because of the slight port, um, um, the slight port list created by the the list, meaning like that's when it, uh, a list on a boat is when it sways and can almost collapse, almost, um, what do you call it? Capsize. Yes. It's called listing. Oh, yes. Yeah. List to the left. Yes. List to the right. Right. That means like when you're on a boat and you're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm not throwing up. And then it lists and all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Anyway, so this slight port list created by. That's the left side. Very good. All right. Uh, created by the. And you know why I know that? Why? Because wine mm-hmm. also has four letters. Port it, wine. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Yeah, I don't even know what we're doing here today. Um, anyway, so it created uh, by the movement of coal inside the ship prior to the encounter with the iceberg actually helped Titanic to survive longer during the sinking and prevented the ship from rolling over to starboard after the impact. Mm. Which seems like a bit of a stretch to me. A little bit. Yeah, but I don't know. These guys are way smarter than we are. Um, a, a thorough uh, refutation, in other words, the guy said bullshit, of Maloney's yeah. assertions has been published by some of these, you know, authorities of Titanic. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so that's that's basically it. I mean, obviously, it's, as far as that, that conspiracy theory is concerned, um, it was just, fires were all the time in ships. Yeah. It's just what they did. But it's just kind of yeah. crazy to it's me. Just, but anyways. Yeah, it's just fucking... It's fucking crazy. There's actually been ships like, uh, let's see, uh, that in uh, 19, 1898, USS Maine, it actually blew up because it had fire in its hull mm-hmm. and set off all the powder magazines in the damn thing. And that's a naval ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no bueno. It's no good. Oh, boy. Okay, so now there are a couple little, uh, a little fast little quick hitters here. Nice. And these ones, okay, is it possible the Titanic was under pressure to create a new speed record? So maybe... That the fire, see, but that kind of, and it doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, so was Captain Dickhead Smith pressured to set a speed record for the quickest crossing of the Atlantic? There's no evidence that his boss, White Star Line CEO Joseph Ismay, um, you know, put the pressure on him here. Paul Loudon Brown, author of the White Star Line from 2000, believes it is unlikely, still, I mean, it's a theory, because, like, again, this is the, you know, inaugural run of this damn thing. Right. It didn't help that Ismay jumped on the last lifeboat to leave the Titanic while 75% of the third-class passengers were drowning. Yikes. Yeah, that's the CEO. Huh. Yeah. Titanic captain Edward Smith's body was never recovered. His final moments remain a mystery with no shortage of conspiracy theories and conflicting accounts. Is it possible that he actually got away? Oh. I'm going to say probably not, considering one-fifth of everyone that went in the water got saved. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Or not even it went into water, but like bodies were recovered. Right. Then there, here's one for you. Um, <laughs> the official inquiries were a Freemasons whitewash. Huh. So the Freemasons were involved in the actual investigation. Interesting. Yeah. So an American investigation held in 1912 found that the sinking of the Titanic was an act of God, which in legal terms means a natural hazard outside of human control. The British inquiry found that the Titanic disaster was caused by a collision with an iceberg. Um, brought uh, brought about by the excessive speed at which the ship was being navigated. <laughs> Blame the speed. Yeah. The British also decided that there was no truth to allegations that third-class passengers were locked below decks. Hmm, really? 
Neither inquiry blamed the Titanic's owner, shocker, for negligence. However, leading the, uh, to theories that the government inquiries were a whitewash orchestrated by Freemasons. And if you want to know more about them, you can go back and listen to that episode that we discussed Freemasonry. We can talk about all those guys and how they came up with it. You know what I'm saying? They just want to fly, man. That's it. Just want to fly. <laughs> just want to fly! <laughs> So now there are just kind of the the tail end of this here. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, the oceanographers here. Yeah, right. And a little bit more about what they're actually like, like kind of what they've done and what they're kind of planning to do, and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. Right. Is that what is that they're what making a tourist attraction for the Titanic? Right. That's pretty much crazy, as well as making a Titanic too. Okay. So Robert Ballard had desired to locate. Titanic's wreckage for as long as he could remember. Mm. His early years spent close to uh, the water in San Diego and, you know, here in California in the States, sparked a lifelong passion with the ocean. That sounds horrible to me. We would not be friends. And as soon as he was able to, he you know, began learning to scuba dive. Mm-mm, nope, not doing did you know, that. Did you know that scuba is an acronym? Acronym, yes. Yeah, Self-contained say? underwater breathing apparatus. You are so smart. I try. Ballard enrolled in the Army after receiving his chemistry and geology degrees uh, from the University of California, Santa Barbara, in 1965. Ballard joined the Navy two years later. He's really into water. Yeah. In 1967 and was subsequently assigned to the Deep Submergence Group at the Massachusetts-based Woods Hole Oceanographic. Ocean, 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 I can't say. Oceanographic. Thank you, Research Institution. <laughs> this marked the start of his distinguished career working with submersibles. Oh. He spent a lot of time making uh, deep water dives in Alvin, because Simon and Theodore were not available. A man submersible that he assisted in designing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was trying to keep it going. Yeah, just trying to keep it. By the time he graduated uh, with two doctorates. Damn. From the uh, University of Rhode Island in marine uh, geology and geophysics. This dude's smart as fuck. He can't be that smart. He's trying to go in the water. You know what I mean? (laughs) So Ballard assisted in the uh, finding of hydrothermal vents during following dives in 1977 and 1979 close to the uh, Galapagos Rift, which in turn led to the discovery of the extraordinary plants that thrived around these vents. Yeah, that's actually really... It's cool. Really cool it's what happens cool. with the hypothermal yeah. vents. There's actually a uh, um, a species of shark that was actually just found within hypothermal vents and like volcano, underwater volcanoes and stuff like that that actually live and feed and stuff like that inside these super hot waters. It's crazy. It, what? Yeah. That's weird. Are they are they cold-blooded? Ch- sharks? Yeah. I mean, they're fish. So, But down there, they'd be hot blooded check it and see right 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 that was good good. you know what i'm saying so uh chemosynthesis a process by which plants obtain energy from chemical processes rather than the sunlight was discovered via scientific study of these particular plants such a cool freaking thing yeah that's that's insane so no matter how many shipwrecks ballard discovered and uh, how much of the ocean below he documented the titanic was always there he always wanted to be a part of it and he wanted to find the damn thing and learn more so um, he says, uh, I've always yearned to discover the Titanic. Okay. He says, um, in my world, uh, that peak was Mount Everest, one of the, uh, many that had never been scaled. True. Yeah. Because up until that point, they, they didn't know where it technically was yeah, at. They, they knew the whereabouts, but they didn't know where about it was. 
I got you. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Titanic was not first sought after um, by Ballard. Okay. Three of the teams that had been sent out to find the wreckage of the renowned ship over the years had received funding from rich oilman uh, Jack Grimm. Ooh. What a name. That is a very interesting name to have for an oil man. Yeah. My name is Jack Grimm. He had a big old cowboy hat. I got oil. You find that damn ship. Okay. Because there's this big fucking diamond on there. <laughs> this old lady told me about you. <laughs> you better find it's right next to that mummy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a mummy. I need to have that. <laughs> so on his last excursion in 1982, Grimm captured an underwater image of what he thought was a Titanic propeller. Oh, oh, oh. Others thought it was just a fucking rock. I mean, of course. <laughs> it's not a fucking rock. <laughs> Ballard was to join the search uh, for the Titanic this time, but he needed money first, right? Oh, yes. So he chose to approach the U.S. Navy for funding for his mission because of his previous interactions with them. Obviously, he was in the Navy. Yeah. They in consented. The huh? <laughs> in the Navy. In the Navy. Yeah, I, I just watched on Periscope a couple, couple days ago. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, yes. That's such a good movie. Is it? Such a good movie. So stupid, but it's so good. Uh-huh. It's, n- it's nothing like The Hunt for Red October. No. The Hunt for Titanic. Or Das Boot. And The Mummy. <laughs> you ever seen Das Boot? Uh, is that the drinking one? No. Oh. Das then, Boot is what you use to drink a, a beer out right. of. But the, there was a movie called Das Boot where it oh. was about a, the guy who actually played in Beer Fest, the old dad or whatever. That's the one. Von Wolfhausen. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, no, Beer Fest. Yeah, 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 no. The guy who plays in Beer Fest actually was the captain. uh, uh, Whatever. Sheep shit. What? (laughs) He was like Sherman or Sheeman or something like that. But he was the the main captain in. (laughs) Semi, slammy, swummy, Samsonite. Yes, that. That's what it is. Sorry. So, no, I have not seen that. So, uh, they actually consented, but not because they had a personal stake in discovering the mission ship. The USS Thresher and the USS Scorpion, two nuclear subs that had mysteriously vanished in the 1960s, were specifically targeted for investigation using the technology that Ballard would help develop. Yeah. So, like, listen, bro, you developed this, but um, don't tell anyone. We lost some nukes. Which happens a lot, by the way. Yes, it does. I There's mean, it happens way more than people think it does. So many. Which, which is so. I'm I'm sorry. Especially in like the wa- in water, like in the oceans and shit. So we trust our government to keep track of nukes, but they don't want us to keep track of guns. <clears throat> well, they obviously don't keep track of. <laughs> Not very well, at least. And right. first of all, the first part of that statement was completely false. You said we trust our government. Nope. Yeah, that's true. That is nope. true. That is true. Nope. That is true. Nope. That's true. Negative. Negative. That is true. Yeah. 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 So uh, Ballard's quest for the Titanic gave the Navy a good excuse to conceal from the Soviet Union its search for its missing submarines. Aha! This is Cold War time too, right? Yeah. yeah. But which makes it even funnier though, because like the research that I found on this, it was the exact opposite. It was they approached him to try and find these subs, and they supposedly found them, and they were like a few weeks ahead of schedule, and they were just like, you know what? We're in the same area. Let's go find the Titanic. That's like, that's how I read it when I, I came mean, across it. I mean, we're here. Might as well find this Titanic. We got our nukes. Let's see if we can find this fucking thing. What do you think? High five. So that's why I deep dove into it. And I was like, oh, it was he not yet. That. So amazingly, Ballard managed to keep his mission a secret even while he developed the technology and utilized it to locate and inspect the USS Thresher and USS Scorpion's wreckage. Those are the missing nukes. Yeah. <laughs> Ballard gained, and those are the ones they know about. Anyway, sorry. Ballard gained knowledge about uh, debris fields while examining these wrecks, which would be useful knowledge to um, have while trying to locate Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. So Ballard was allowed to concentrate on looking for Titanic when his covert job was finished, you know, once they found the nukes. 
He now had two weeks to complete it, though. Yeah, two no. weeks to find the Titanic. Not a lot of time. No. But my, I have a question, though, prior to this. Sure. How do you lose two nuclear submarines? I don't ask questions anymore. I don't. They do it all the... Well, think... Okay. First of all, they probably lost the crew as well. That's what I'm trying to potentially, figure out. Potentially. I mean, they could have been saved, I guess, and it may have just went down because something happened. It, it could have been anything. It could they have been, don't have windows on it, so it kind of makes sense. Correct. It could have been hit by a, a fucking ice... It could have hit an iceberg. Or a U-boat. Or anything. You know what I mean? And then it just went bye-bye and bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. And it goes down so far that and they didn't have the technology to find it, so what are you going to do? Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So late in August of 1985, Ballard finally started looking. A French research team. Oh, the French now. They are in here too. All the accents are coming out today. <laughs> a French research team led by Jean-Louis Michel <laughs> had been asked to join this expedition by the author. Ballard and his group assailed the NOR, a Navy oceanographic survey ship to the Titanic's estimated last resting, resting place, which was 1,000 miles east of Boston. Oh, the, bo- the Boston guys over there, these guys are like, hey, you hear about what these guys are fucking going to go fucking do? They're going to go get those fuck. Hey, fucking guys. They're going to go get the fucking Titanic. Get the fuck out of here. Every Sorry. time you do that accent, all I think about is Ted. <laughs> what are you talking about? You can't put yourself in the right spot. They're going to get the fucking Titanic. Did you hear that? It's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> can't believe they're going to find the Titanic. There's so much porn. <laughs> so Ballard made the decision to use mile-wide sweeps in order to cover more ground than earlier expeditions, which had employed narrow sweeps of the ocean floor to look for Titanic. Mm-hmm. Two things allowed him to accomplish this. Oh. First, he learned through studying the two submarines' wreckages that lighter portions of the wreck were frequently carried downstream by ocean currents. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which makes sense. Yes. Leaving a significant debris tra- trail. Just going to say, I don't need four uh, doctors to know that. <coughs> <laughs> That's called science. We know this. That's what happens when fish die in the ocean. So second, Ballard had uh, developed a brand new autonomous submersible called Argo that was capable of exploring larger areas, diving deeper, staying down for extended periods of time, and delivering sharp, clear images of what is discovered. I actually watched the Discovery Channel documentary about that. Yeah. The Argo. It's such a cool-ass little freaking submersible, but it's like, it's scary as shit, though. Like, it's like, like, it looks like a nutsack with propellers in the back of it. You got me fucked up you think i'm getting in that but you see Ever. everything i don't give two shits i would love to go down that you dude. could not you could there's not an amount of money you could get get well hold on <laughs> say, come on dude really yeah all right i'll bet yeah. i mean i might fucking throw up all over myself or something i don't know no i'm just whatever <laughs> but i mean you know there there is an amount of money oh, yes, yes, there, yes, yes there is i'm yes. not sure what it is but there is <laughs> so ballard and his group could now continue to work from the nor while keeping an eye on the phot- uh, photographs provided by argo in the hopes that they would uh, include um you know minute particles of uh, detritus detritus poop basically yeah, debris debris, yeah, debris. Yeah. Uh, made by humans. So wait, uh, hold on a second. Was this, this wasn't manned. Argo wasn't manned. I thought, no, no. Okay. So this was like a, just a, yeah, he said autonomous. So yeah. by itself. Okay. All right. See, now I feel better about it. I thought it was like, yeah, you're man, not in it, but manned ones that they show up. Oh, dude. Those things are awesome though. Oh, I can't watch those fucking movies, man. No. Oh, ugh. you ever seen underwater with Eminem? I mean, uh, 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 what's your face? With Eminem. 
<laughs> You've never seen Underwater? Is that the... the yeah, I have seen That's that. That's with Kristen Stewart. Yes. And she looks like Eminem. Yes. Yeah, she got her hair cut or whatever. <laughs> that movie had me... F- uh, it yeah. was a really cool premise. Loved it. Really cool premise. Whoa. I was just the whole time like... <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So on August 22nd of 1985, the Noor arrived and started using Argo to sweep the area. On September 1st of 1985, in the wee hours in the morning, Ballard caught his first sight of Titanic in 73 years. What? The Titanic's boiler was visibly entrenched in the sandy ocean floor when the Argo was voyaging 12,000 feet below the surface of the water. Huh. Damn, that's far. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a few miles. Yeah. Yeah. The crew of, uh, you know, on the Nor, they were obviously thrilled about this fucking, you know, finding this fucking thing. But their joy was overshadowed by the fact that they were floating over the graves of approximately fifteen hundred people. Well, we figured less than that because they found a, a third of them. A, a, yeah, a yeah. fifth, F- fifth, yes, yes, a fifth, yes. yeah. So the mission turned out to be uh, crucial in providing information about, you know, Titanic demise. And there was some speculation that the Titanic had sunk. Intact before the wreckage was found. Like it was, remember they, we said before that at first they thought it was one whole piece. Yes. Even though people that were there, maybe they couldn't see it though when it went down because it was pitch black there. You know what I mean? And they said the lights went out before, so maybe they just didn't see and some people didn't see it. That's not how it happened in the movie Titanic though. You, you're right. But the lights stayed on until it literally started sinking underwater. And, and by the way, I'm just going to say this for everybody. He could have got on that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. He could have got on that damn door with her. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Mm hmm. Fucking bitch. Anyway. <laughs> so the mission turned out to be crucial in providing information about the Titanic's demise. Okay. Um, there were some speculation, of, like I said before, that, you know, the way it was kind of done. And um, so although the 1985 photos did not provide researchers with conclusive information on the ship sinking, they did lay some fundamental groundwork that disproved earlier tales, like it did break in half. Right. So now. With modern equipment, Ballard went back to the Titanic in 1986, and he was able to study further the ship's innards. <laughs> <laughs> Images of the beauty that had mesmerized people who had witnessed Titanic and its height were uh, amassed. In other words, like they, they saw, because it was still intact. Right. Now, of course, it was covered in barnacles and dust and dirt and shit like that, but you could actually see, and you could find these pictures online. They're oh, yeah. fucking awesome. The, da- the really sad part is, though, because there's been so much human interaction with the Titanic as of late that it's actually starting to disintegrate and uh, 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 whatever you want to call it, deteriorate faster because of all the human interactions during everything that's down there. Well, that's part of the reason why they said they couldn't bring it up, right? right. It's because it's just going to like crumble and fall apart. Basically, yeah. yeah. So, of course, they're looking at this, and they're like, holy shit. And um, during his second um, voyage, he took pictures of the Grand Staircase, still hanging chandeliers. Wow. And beautiful ironwork. And I'm telling you, I've seen this shit, and it's fucking awesome. It's extremely morbid looking at it. Yes, yes. But it's super cool at the same time. There have been numerous Titanic missions since 1985. Since salvagers recovered thousands of artifacts from the ship's wreckage, many of these missions have generated controversy. Ballard has been vocally opposed to these initiatives, contending that the ship ought to be just left the fuck alone. Yeah. He made the decision not to bring any items found during his first two expeditions to the surface. He believed that people ought to treat the wreckage's holiness with the same respect. Like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Leave it alone, dude. Just because it's not in the ground does not mean it's still not a grave. Correct. You're disparaging the grave. So, Titanic, uh, RMS Titanic Inc. has been the most prolific salvager of Titanic items. A sizable chunk of the ship's hull, hull, as well as travel bags, crockery, and even documents that were kept in oxygen-starved steamer trunk compartments have all been recovered by the business. 
The uh, RMS Titanic Group initially was unable to sell the artifacts due to discussions between its predecessor firm and the French government. Instead, it was only able to show them and charge entry to cover costs and, of course, to turn a fucking profit. Yep. Premier Exhibitions, Inc., the current name for RMS Titanic Group, is in charge of the largest exhibition of these relics, which includes more than 5,500 items and is located at the Luxor Hotel, of course, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Ugh. It's interesting. I kind of figured it would have been the yeah. British Natural History Museum. Yeah, it should be. So although the Titanic has appeared in a number of movies throughout the years, it was James Cameron's 1997 film that turned um, that first sparked a significant increase in interest in the ship's fate on a global scale. That movie was huge when it came out. Yeah. It was like the number one selling movie of all time at, up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. The film rose to fame as one of the most watched movies ever. Yeah. Okay. And I can honestly say I have not seen it start to finish. <sighs> and I will never. Eh, it's all right. I mean, it's good. No, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I just, yeah. But knowing what I know now with it, I'm just going to watch it and decimate the whole thing. Yeah. So 15 years after the release of Cameron's movie, the Titanic disaster's 100th anniversary in 2012 also sparked renewed interest in the tragedy. Ballard is striving to preserve the debris. He doesn't want people fucking with it, and I I, I agree with him. I, yeah, so do I. Which is now qualified to be designated a protected area. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. As a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And okay. we talked a lot about that in Creepy Russia. We did. An excursion in August 2012 discovered that the ship's uh, ship is degrading more quickly than was initially anticipated due to increased human activities. What, ah, what, what I was, was just saying, yeah. Just saying, yeah. Ballard proposed a solution to delay the the, uh, the deterioration process, painting the Titanic white, <laughs> or white, white while <laughs> I, was, I was like, white. Wait a minute, <laughs> to paint it while it is still 12,000 feet below the ocean's surface. But the, obviously the idea was never put into action. Because how in the fuck are you going to do that? Really good paint. <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah. what? That's going to affect the trout population. <laughs> Just get someone under, shake it up. <laughs> I need another can, dude. <laughs> this water, man, it's just going everywhere. Like, do you see my hands? This is horrible. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, so the Titanic's discovery was a major success. But not only is there disagreement about how to treat this historical freaking find, but the artifacts that have already been found may also now be in danger. In its 2016 bankruptcy petition, Premier Exhibitions, Inc., ha you're going bankrupt. Yeah. Eh, requested authorization from the bankruptcy court to sell the Titanic's relics. The court has yet to rule on the request as the time of the publishing of what we just read to you. And that is, I mean... That's kind of the Titanic. Yeah. And all of its crazy conspiracies. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show, the movie review. Which top ten movies will make the cut today? All right, Logan, what are we talking about here in the, the movies We today? are talking about a fantastic saga of the greatest Lost at Sea movies ever made. The greatest Lost. Oh, and it's on Ranker. Love Ranker. Ranker. All right. Um, and I'm going to put money on this right now. We're going to do the top ten. I didn't look at the list. I'm going to say that Titanic is not even on the top ten list. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Ranker is pretty rough, man. Okay. So. Well, number 10 on the list is Titanic. No, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, are you fucking serious? 
<laughs> no, it's not. It's not. That's, that'd be fucking amazing. That would be pretty fucking funny. <laughs> so it's uh, The Poseidon Adventure, and I have seen this. It's Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine, and Shelley Winters. And could you even tell me any of the people in that and what movies they've been in? Gene Hackman sounds incredibly familiar. He's a great actor. Um, Ernest Borgnine and Shelley Winters. Borgnine. No. No. Shelley Winters. Uh, you, I'm not even going to ask you. Hey, no, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Have you ever seen The Shining? Yeah. You have seen The Shining? Yeah, all of it's them. It's the wife in that. Oh, no shit, really? Yeah. That's the one that she's hiding in the bathroom. No, I'm lying. That's Shelley Duvall. I'm sorry. Yeah, I about to say. Yeah, that's Shelley Duvall. Wait, this is, is an old movie. Yeah. This is 72. Yeah, but that, that was right there. That's Shelley Duvall. I'm an idiot. Sorry. The Shining came out in like 80. Right. Okay. Sorry. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you admitted I didn't yeah, say it. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. So uh, en route from New York City to Greece on New Year's Eve, uh, majestic passenger ship, the SS Poseidon, is overtaken by a tidal wave with the captain, uh, Leslie Nielsen, which is funny because you know who Leslie Nielsen is. Yeah. You know, yeah, all the naked, naked, naked gun movies yeah, 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 and stuff yeah. like that. This is like a serious role for him. So this is not like a funny movie at all. Yeah. Huh. So he died in it. And the, it's just, it's a cool movie, but it's about a ship going down. This is number 113 of the greatest movie themes. Hmm. Number three, uh, that's out of 306. Number 317 of 456 of the most quotable movies of all time. Okay, hold on. I got to figure out what, 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 what the, what the number one movie is. That. Uh, I'm going to tell you most quotable movie of all time. Yep. Um, I'm going to say Scarface. Nope. Really, what is it? The Princess Pride. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? And then it's Star Wars. Oh, you know why? Why? Because he says, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare, Prepare to, die. to die. Yeah. That's, yeah. That that's, is the most proper way of how to introduce yourself. That is legitimately broken down to who you are, why you're explaining yourself, and what you plan on doing. Yes. I love it. Like, it's amazing. And it's also number four of 95 of the best movies about being stranded. Huh. Okay. Moving on, that's from 1972, yeah. So, uh, let's see. The number nine, In the Heart of the Sea. I have not seen this, but it does have our, our boy Chris Hemsworth in it. Ooh. Uh, along with Cillian Murphy, too. Yeah. In 1820, crewmen, uh, it says all their names, aboard the New England vessel Essex face a harrowing battle for survival when a whale of mammoth size and strength attacks them. So, it's basically Moby Dick. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well. They just couldn't say dick in the name. <laughs> Duke. <laughs> so it's number 49 of 84 of the best movies based on nonfiction books. Number 131 of 194 of the best adventure movies. And number 9 of 21 of the best Tom Holland movies. Wait, what? Why Why have that list? Why? What? Wait, what? Why, why have that list? That's just silly. Tom Holland's made nine movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't know. Um, oh, here's this is a good one. Uh, Captain Phillips. Number hey, eight. look at me. I am the captain now. I am the captain now. <laughs> um, of course, Tom Hanks, Catherine Keener, um, Barkad Ab- Abdi. Yeah. Uh, in April 2009, the U.S. C- uh, container ship uh, Maersk, Alabama, sails toward its destination on a day that seems like any other. Suddenly, Somali pirates race toward the vessel, climb aboard, and take everyone hostage. Uh, it's number 30 of 80 of the best movies about being outnumbered. It's fucking odd list. Uh, number 59 of 101 of the best movies about a cat and mouse game. Okay, I got to look at the very first one, though. Okay. And number six of 12 of uh, people talk about why they loved their biop- uh, bi- biopics. What? Yeah, biopics. Yeah, I'm not it's fucking weird. All right. it's, a, it's a cool movie, though. Name name the, the, the number one movie of the best movies about being outnumbered. About what do you think it is? Being outnumbered. Is it a popular movie, obviously? Yes, very popular. Um, we were, were watching it this weekend. Terminator. No. You don't understand. There's so many of them. Die Hard. Were you there? <laughs> no, you went there. Fuck Die Hard. <laughs> fuck that guy. Fuck him. I had to fuck everybody up. 
Bruce Willis is a bitch. <laughs> uh, number seven is The Finest Hours. Yeah, we have to watch Die Hard this week. Of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number seven, The Finest Hours, Chris Pine. I, I actually think he's a great actor. Uh, Casey mm-hmm. Affleck as well. Ben Foster. Haven't seen this either. Uh, on February 18th, 1952, a massive storm splits this SS Pendleton in two, trapping more than 30 sailors inside the tanker's st- uh, sinking stern. Yep, this is a panic attack waiting f- to happen for me. <laughs> nope, not doing that. Uh, it's not on any list on this one for some reason. I don't know. It, it's on this list, but not on any other. Any, moving on. Uh, number six, All is Lost with Robert Redford. Hmm. I knew growing up, every woman in my family mm-hmm. just adored Robert Redford. They thought he was the, like, he was the Chris Hemsworth, or who who's the sexy dudes now? Like Ryan Reynolds? But, but we think that that's, anyway. I mean, he will never not be. I'm just saying, like, everybody had a hard on, like, for, that's like, crazy. Brad Pitt, like, in, like, 1990, like, George yeah. Clooney kind of thing or yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm stadium. talking, like, while I was growing up in, like, the early 80s, everyone's like, <gasps> Robert Redford. <sighs> hmm. mm. I don't know any other movies that he's been in. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm honest. You ever seen Indecent Proposal nope. with Demi Moore? Nope. God damn it. Another one? It doesn't matter. Just oh. moving on. Okay. Um, 2003. Oh, yeah. He was actually in, hold on. He is... He was in uh, what movie was it? Captain America. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Captain America, where they were trying to uh, um, get the ships and put them under control uh, under Hydra. Okay. Remember, he had the little thing that would shock them, the part of the, the teams. That's Robert uh, Redford. Oh, that's Robert Redford. Huh. Yeah, he was the head of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So during a solo voyage in the Indian Ocean, a veteran mariner, Robert Redford, awakes to find it should be awakened, right? Awakens, awakes to find his vessel taking on water after collision with a stray shipping container. Okay. So number nine of 14 of the best movies with only one actor. (laughs) Uh, Number 52 of 62 of the best movies that mostly take place in a single location. And number 50 of 130 of the best drama movies of the 2010s. Yeah. Mm. Do me a favor. Look up what the uh, number one film is for best movies with only one actor. With only one actor? Yeah. Uh, number five is Life of Pi. Have not seen this. I've heard amazing things about it. It's a shitty ass movie. Don't watch it. Is it really? I mean, you're gonna it's just you're gonna be pissed off when you finish the movie. That's all I gotta say. All right, it's all a fucking dream. I don't need all that. I'm so stupid. A way to ruin it for me. Been out for ten years. Bite me. Right, okay. Anyways, right. go back to the uh, the previous yeah, thing so we're talking it? about. Uh, what do you think the number one movie about a single actor is? Single actor. Uh, yep. Number um, one movie. Legend. Legend. I am legend. Sorry, I am legend. No, there was more than one actor in that. Not real. Well, yeah, the chick at the end. Um, and technically, those bad guys too. Then I have no idea. Castaway. There was actors in the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't tell me that I am legend was anyway. Moving on. Anyways, number two on that was 127 hours. That movie was about one person the yeah. entire time. That makes sense. Uh, number four, The Perfect Storm with George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg. He was in this. I think I've actually seen this. I was, John fucking, C. Riley. I was on a fucking boat the whole time. Huh. You understand? Know, George Clooney, he's handsome. Here I am the whole time. I'm wet. And I was like, God damn. <laughs> There's so much porn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, from 2000, based on a true story, the film tells of the courageous men and women who risked their lives every working day, pitting their fishing boats and rescue vessels against the capricious forces of, forces? Capricious forces of nature. <laughs> Anyway, I have seen this one. Yeah, so uh, I yeah, panic attack all the entire time. Yeah, I was uh, really big into this with the whole deadliest catch thing that was going on. Yeah, I used to love watching that. Number five of 84 of the best movies based on nonfiction books. Number 163 of 247 of the best rainy day movies. Odd. And number one of 32 of great movies set along the coast. 
the oh. best rain day movies yeah, i don't know let's wait this doesn't even make fucking sense number one on that is the harry potter franchise the franchise not just one movie all seven and a half of them you got way too much time in your hands by the way number three titanic that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, and we know this movie, obviously. Yeah. Number four of uh, 50 of the 50 highest grossing 90s movies ranked. Really? Yeah. Only got four? Yeah. Oh, because there was like freaking three other movies that came out right after that that were Yeah, what's number bigger? one on that? Jurassic Park. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Home Alone beat it. Damn. Home well, Alone was three. Oh, damn. So I guess I was wrong saying it was like the biggest movie. The Lion King was number two. Hi, oh, and actually, here's the dollar amounts here. Okay, so here. Oh. So number four, the Titanic, on box office day, brought in $1.8 million. That's a lot. Um, number three, Home Alone, only brought in $476 million. <clears throat> uh, the Lion King brought in $783 million. Jurassic Park, number one on this list, brought in just shy of a billion dollars on box office day. God. So the Titanic brought in almost $2 billion. Total? Total. On its box office. Ugh. In the box office. Like at, at the theaters. $2 billion. Doll hairs I, I heard you. In 1997. I, I don't even know what I would do with that kind of money. I really don't. I have no idea. I mean, I'd like to find out, but, <laughs> but I have no idea. Uh, let's see. The number two on the list is Adrift. Never heard of it. Shailene Woodley, Sam Clayfin, and Jeffrey Tom. I don't even know who these people are. It's directed by Balthazar Komakyo. Komakyo. Komakama Comedia. Oh, I like that song. Yeah. Um, let's see. Tommy Oldman and Richard Sharp couldn't anticipate that they would be sailing directly into one of the most catastrophic hurricanes in re recorded history. In the aftermath of the storm and Tammy awakens. Okay, I've never, I have no idea. It's called a drift. I have huh. no, no idea. The number one on our list, yeah, it's Castaway. Yep, kind of figured that would be the case on that one. Yeah. That last one didn't have any other uh, uh, list, but this one. Number three of 82 of the best movies of 2000. Number 33 of 194 of the best adventure movies. And number 14 of 76 of the greatest movies to watch outside. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> to watch outside. <laughs> Who makes these fucking lists? Okay, but we're going to go back to this list real quick, All though, right. about the, uh, the best movies of 2000. Yeah. Just... Give me your best wildest guess at number one. You're going to be pissed off when I Of the it. year 2000? Uh, I would assume so, yes. Right. All uh, the movies, all of the best movies So of not 2000. like, not, not 2000s. No, the year 2000. Oh, fucking hell. Give me your wildest fucking clue. I got year 2000. What is that singing movie? Not even close. Oh, what is it? Gladiator. Oh, that's a, that's a good movie. And then Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, that's a good one. Never seen it. Oh, it's so good. It's good. You should. That's a Cohen brother, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, you got to watch that because it's so funny. There's I've, just like hillbillies that are trying to escape from prison. Yeah, I've seen so parts funny. of it. Like I, I saw when they were like in the 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 the, the booth box, or whatever, singing their song yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's such a great movie. Obviously, we know what Castaway is because Wilson. Duh. Yeah. We know what that is. So that's number one on the list, and those are the movies. And that was Titanic and her. Fucking weird-ass conspiracies. I personally believe it was a hodgepodge. I, well, kind of. But now I'm thinking that maybe J.P. Morgan... I mean, dude, if you could knock off your competitors that are trying to stop you from, from literally taking over the financial industry of the United States. Of the United States, the right. Yeah. If you're trying to you know get rid of your opposition and you can make a quick buck, buck off of while it. you're doing it... Yeah. It seems that seems pretty shady, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know. 
But and and then what lends to that too is that people saw searchlights. A lot of people said they didn't feel anything like an iceberg, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. It probably was every single one of these conspiracies all together. He started the fire. He hired a German U-boat to shoot him. You know who didn't start the fire? Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. I, I never, I guess I never thought about it, but I think I think that motherfucker has something to do with it. it kind of makes sense because a does. lot of the bad things in history all seem to have some sort of financial gain. Yeah, well, supposedly, shocker. allegedly, supposedly, supposedly. Yes. Can we can can we do some more conspiracy stuff here soon? Yeah. Like I'm down. Can we go like real dark? Okay. Like 9-11. Oh, boy. Mm. Oof. That's a rough one. You think it's... it's No, I don't is, know. Is it too soon? It might be too soon. I don't know. Is it? No, know. fuck it. We could do it. Maybe not... not, not in, in, eh, Maybe in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. do that. I want to I want to go, like, fucking super dark and do some fucking, like, yeah. true crime shit coming up. Yeah. Do we it. haven't touched that in a while. So We actually have not. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go back into true crime territory. Unsolved true crime territory. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, listen. We want to know what you guys think. Yes. Um. Does, does any of that sound legit to you? Does... Does anyone bank with Chase? <laughs> I actually do. Oh God, I do. My mom does too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, get out of that. I do. I do. Chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is that what bank is, is his JP, JP Morgan? Morgan Chase? Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was Wells Fargo. No, JP Morgan oh. Chase. Oh, but I also bank with them too, so it's fine. Anyway, yeah, Wells Fargo is even like one of the worst banks to part, 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 partner with. And you they know have, what? Like, they haven't killed me yet, and it's fine. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. True. So, or anyone that I think I know. Anyway. <laughs> So we want to know what you guys think. Let us know. Get on the socials. Tell us all about whether you think Titanic went down and just organically and it was just a happenstance or if there was a multitude of these things that were mixed together or if JP fucking Morgan was a sadistic bitch and fucking off to everybody. All I have to say is next time you get on a cruise ship, just take a quick glance at the, the roster of people who are, you know, on board and make sure they're not competitors of a high-ranking banking person. Yeah, if there's rich folk on there, get off the boat. <laughs> Don't rock the boat. Yeah. Don't rock the boat. And I'll be waving from the shore as you leave, just so you all are aware. You'll be throwing the champagne glass yeah, at the, yeah. at the side of it. We'll never get on another cruise ship. No? Ever. No, never. What if I asked you to take me on? Because I've never been on one. No. No? No. You could show me a good time. Sure. I could show you a good time. Well, that's kind <laughs> of weird. <laughs> that's kind of really weird don't know where that was going but we could have a good time there we go on shore okay yeah. like dude listen if you want i'll take it down to um where we go down south a little bit and mm-hmm. we can get on like the uh, little canoes and go down the river fuck yeah never done that either dude it's super fun yeah. and it's only like i don't know two foot deep oh even better so i can stand up in it nice you know what i mean yeah. so i'm good i'm yeah. good i'm good <laughs> and you can drink a lot of beer oh even better it's a, it's a blast it's an absolute blast we, we have to do that this summer we'll do that yeah for sure it's so much fun. So anyway, I want to know what you guys think. Was J.P. Morgan the sadistic fucker that we all think he may be? Or was all this just a culmination of, you know, things that took place? Or, again, did shit just fucking happen, man? I think all of the above. Right. I think it was literally all of the above. Yeah, I think there was a lot of shit that was Because involved. it's kind of hard to just ask your captain to rail a gigantic boat with 1,500 people on it into an iceberg. So I feel like it was... That was the accident. Remember, they never found his body, though. They never did. But they also didn't find about four-fifths of the other people in there either, yeah. which is absolutely horrible. It's so sad to me. Like, it, And what's even crazier is is like the like the people that survived. Imagine being a survivor of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, 
you were so lucky. Like, so lucky. Yeah. You, you, I, you should be playing the lottery every fucking day, and you should be just kissing the ground you walk on and just enjoying life from that point on. And never getting on another boat. And, and <laughs> truth. <laughs> truth. You think I don't like boats now. Yeah, imagine Let that. me be a survivor or something like that. I'll be the one fucking burning all boats down with the fucking <laughs> fucking spraying lighter fluid in the coal. Like, ah! <laughs> Fuck y'all! Ah. Anyway, make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. At our website, of course, you can buy yourself some super sweet merchandise. Super sweet. That's right. And get yourself some merch. You know, we're still working on that. We're going to get it updated and whatnot. Uh, the new site actually did drop recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's got our handsome faces on the front of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the new logo is on there, and it's a lot easier to kind of, like, navigate as far as, like, the way it looks and the things you can do on there and whatnot. So uh-huh. it's pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, and if you like what you heard from us, listen. Do us a favor. Consider being a producer of the show. By producer, we mean you help us to do what we have to do, and uh, you give us money to get bonus episodes. That's the bottom line. Yeah. That's literally what it is. Yeah. And much more. Okay. Just head over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com, click on the Patreon button, or go to patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast. And for as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of cool stuff and our undying appreciation for sure. Of course. But all the bonuses. All the bonuses. Like, especially the, the Fuck That Guy series. That is, like, probably my favorite series. Yeah. Do that last one Ooh. that I that I did. I did that one by myself, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> I still don't know how I feel about it. And, and obviously, for those of you that aren't Patreon subscribers, you probably don't know, but I did an episode on a guy who did something really fucking bad to a 16-year-old girl, and he was just executed last week. Yep. Yeah. It, it's it's really and actually the the day that you did it or the day that it aired I think the day that it aired yeah, yeah I, I yeah and and I thought I was gonna feel better about it and I, nope. I still I still feel dirty I still yeah I feel yeah. kind of dirty I feel kind of I mean fuck him seriously oh for sure no yeah, matter yeah, what yeah, yeah. And, and and deepest condolences to the family of the the victim and yeah. the victim herself and whatnot it's just it's wild it's fucking wild so anyway get on over there listen to that kind of stuff because. God, this has like been a Debbie Downer of an episode. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It's been a, it's been a fucking roller coaster, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a roller coaster this whole time. Like seriously. Was there just so much porn? Oh my god, so much porn. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch Ted now, dude. <laughs> so anyway, get on over there, sign up, get the bonuses, and support the show. And we uh, seriously appreciate you guys so much. Don't forget to follow us on all the socials. That would be the Twitter, the Instagiggle, the TikTok. The YouTubers, Spotify, while you're over there, do us a favor and rate us, man. Rate us. There you go. Do it. Rate us. And uh, also, of course, Apple. You know, Apple Music and Apple Podcasts and all that. You know what I mean? Do it. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) (laughs) So seriously, thank you guys so much for listening. You really do keep us wanting to do this. uh, And and after the holidays, we're going to start getting back into it a little bit more. Oh, yeah. It's just a lot going on, man. So much stuff going on. A lot going on. Like, I haven't slept... Very, well, actually, I lied. I actually slept pretty pretty good. What is sleep? Yesterday. Was it yesterday? I didn't get up to like 11.30. Yeah, it must be nice. Do you know when the last time, like you were probably in high school the last time I got up at 11.30. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just don't ever do nope. that. It's just but not what I do. Every day is an early day. Yeah. It sucks. Every day is a good day. Or is it? I'm thankful for all the birthday day. I'm thankful for all the midnight train i listen to yeah that's right <laughs> all right so listen a big big super big awesome freaking i can't thank you enough very big special to all of our fearless executive producer first class patreon passengers you guys 
guys are so awesome. <laughs> to George DeJesus, Megan McTerry, Tomislav Sabota, Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, uh, Brian Gunzelman, Damn it, I'm so close. Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Darty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer. I want to know if Colleen Cox and Turner Cox are related. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, you guys got to let me know if you guys I are related. I do kind of miss the whole Cox and her poopers yeah, thing. Well, we have a, we'll, we'll always have Cox and her poopers. Uh, to Sydney Sayer, Janet Sherrill, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb over at Fun Box Podcast, Christina Skelton, fuck, Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sisters Skelton Podcast. We love you, ladies. Oh, yeah. Maria Gibbs to Chainsaw. What the fuck? Um, of course, to Jigsaw. Rick Resler, Courtney Batchelor, Katie Brabinick, and... You ready for the Jewish? And, of course, to our boy, Bill Birch. Oh, good for <laughs> you. Or oh, Hold on. Let me, let me get my... Uh, <coughs> oh, good for you. There it is. <laughs> he was actually over the other day, and he was just like, yeah, the Jewish lady is like, I love it when she says my name. <laughs> So spread the word, and if you want your name to be mentioned and for us to be forever grateful and get all of those bonuses, just become a Patreon producer, become a first-class passenger, and we will be forever in your debt. Okay? Listen, happy holidays. Yes. All right? Well, I hope whatever you um, celebrate, I hope you have a great one, you know, regardless. Yeah, or just enjoy time that you have with yourself. Right. But listen, always stay safe out there, and... As always. Choo choo, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now go home and get your fucking shine box. So much fucking porn. <laughs>